Welcome, everyone. We're entering a world not so distant from this one, where the boundaries between flesh and machine blur into obscurity and neon-lit dreams collide with steel-clad nightmares. Welcome to the electrifying realm of Cyborg. This is a Cyborg actual play campaign using the Cyborg OSR Rules, published by Free League Publishing. I am DG, the Game Master, and I'm ready to guide you punks, you gutter trash, through this capitalist nightmare that will grind your souls down to a fine powder and scatter it to the wind. Punks! You're acting all professional today. We've caught you in the middle of a job. You're not just slacking around for once. Well, you're in a junkyard, moss sanitation, one of the biggest industrial waste disposal facilities in the city. So for PU, this job is only a rung above lazing around doing nothing. But you've taken a job from Mr. Greensleeves, a representative of TG Labs. He's attempted a bit of corporate espionage. He's managed to smuggle an experimental cyber gallbladder out of TG Labs and... Well, he dropped it down a rubbish chute to try and smuggle it out of the facility and before he was able to get his hands on it, discovered that it had been sent for processing at Moss Sanitation. And so he called you guys, the punks, in to retrieve it, to brave the smells, sights, and dangers of Moss Sanitation, find the cyber gallbladder and bring it back to him. But things didn't end up being that simple. When you arrived at Moss Sanitation, you found someone had already beaten you to, to the punch. TG Labs, desperate to get their prototype back, had called in some favours of their own. You snuck into the junkyard and found that a team of rival mercenaries led by a hacker known as Cord, with an obsession with minotaurs and a very striking bull mask had already locked down the facility grabbed the cyber gallbladder from the sorting floor and made off with it when we last left off you'd broken into the moss sanitation panic room incinerator a which has been repurposed into a secret bunker where the boss of Moss Sanitation, whenever he's present, buys on all his employees. The walls of this tiny shed are lined with banks of security monitors, giving you an omnipresent view of the entire junkyard. Cameras switch from one angle to the next, and... Right now, 
you can see that the labor bots patrolling the mountains of trash outside seem to clearly be on the lookout for intruders repurposed by Cord and his gang to serve as impromptu foot soldiers. Luckily, by travelling underground from the main building to this incinerator room, you seem to have avoided most of the patrols. And now, you must decide what to do next. You've been contacted by Astrid Anderson, a representative of the Shortfall Collective, she announced that finding this secret panic room was a test of sorts, a test of your abilities, and now that you'd found it, speaking to you through the bank of monitors, she charged you with finding the cyber gallbladder, and instead of bringing it back to Mr. Greensleeves, bringing it to her and the Shortfall Collective, Azure demanded that she triple the asking price offered by Mr. Greensleeves. She said she'd think about it if you brought the cyber gallbladder to her. Either way, once you get your hands on it, you must decide which client you're going to bring it to. And this could affect your reputation as punks in this dog-eat-dog -dog world. So, here you are. The bank of security monitors is before you. Instant access to anywhere in the junkyard is at your fingertips. What's the play, guys? Just a question about um, those Minotaur, <clears throat> Minotaur folk. Uh, PU uh, was propositioned to work with them at one point before he thought they were yeah. He was propositioned by Cord to work for that gang, but they were a bit too crude even for PU's standards. Meaningless violence. Cord is the kind of hacker who learned how to hack so he can turn off people's pacemakers. And, and even that's going a step too far for PU. Yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna ice somebody, at least use a bullet. Um... P's probably just done, uh, like, scowling at the now-turned-off monitors um, before he turns to the rest of the group. Uh, that chick doesn't know what she's talking about. Probably just some corpo trying to pull one over on us. I tell her we- I say we tell her to kick rocks. But... First, uh... How the hell do we get out of here? Behind you, Azure's face mark has a dollar sign emblazoned over it. And she just says thoughtfully, Hmm. Triple the creds, though. That could do a lot for our debts. Uh, debt, Schmidt. Frank just... is gonna... Frank is Go gonna on. start moving over towards a wall and create a way out. Because that's what PU asked for. Sorry. Yeah. So Frank may moves over to the... Frank makes his way over to the big, thick iron double doors. This this was once an incinerator room. All the infrastructure's been cleared away. It's been repurposed as a bunker, but that big metal loading door is still the only means of entrance on the surface. So, Frank. Yes. 
If you'd like to bust through, go ahead and roll a strength check for me. And you may add uh, plus two if you have athletics, which I don't think you do. No, we, we, we go through this every session. I have athletics, yeah. survival, yeah. and perception. You do, I always forget. Yeah, so go ahead, add a plus two to it. I only rolled a five. A five. So, would you like to spend a glitch on that? Well, it would somehow be wrong for me to have glitch in the vast majority of the actual sessions. So far, he's always expended all of his glitches on something really pointless at <laughs> the, the very, very first beginning roll. Of the game. Yeah. So, <laughs> so absolutely, that is. That Go is, ahead, re-roll it, and an eight plus. Uh, that that wasn't actually well. Okay, I'll take it, but it wasn't actually a roll. That was just me uh, moving the dice to the. Well, we'll um, take that. So, what did you end up with? Um, a fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. So, if you hadn't glitched, I would have still let Frank open the door. But as Frank steps forwards, flexes his, clenches his fists, flexes his broad shoulders, and is about to just bash a hole through the door, Azure quickly raises a hand and she points at the motion sensors lining the top of the doorway. Perhaps we should take a more careful route, she says. And rather than Frank just bashing straight through the doors, setting off the alarms and drawing the patrolling worker bots, to your location. As you appoint Frank to a thick looking chain with a padlock wrapped around it, coiled through the handle of the two doors, this is a much simpler and not like a much simpler task and much less likely to set off the alarm. So Frank just steps forwards, grabs the chain, and quickly. Snaps two of the links, drops the padlock down to the floor and pushes the door open and it begins to slowly open with a loud metallic groan. As if the building is stretching after a long sleep. And you uh, uh, wrap up the, the chain and walk over carrying the, ca- the, the chain to give to Azure because Frank thinks that that's what Azure wanted was to say. That's what Azure was pointing at, so. She just stands blankly for a moment and then finally she shrugs. You hear her chuckle as she takes the chain, broken chain from Frank's hand, then shrugs and slides it into her bag. Oh, you never know, she says, and could make an impromptu grapple. So, uh, where to from here, she says. The gallbladder wasn't in the sorting floor, so where should we look next? And furthermore, what about Cord and his goons? Oh, we got a couple of looks at them over at the uh, garage or the recycling floor, whatever it was. Yeah, it was. You did spy them in the garage recycling building, and it's a reasonable assumption that if they've got their hands on the gallbladder or they're making a move on the gallbladder, it's probably in that vicinity. So Frank is... Go ahead, P.U. Plus, who knows, you might find a sweet new ride over in the garage. Very true. 
though not it'll take a lot to replace Axie in your heart. So Frank continues pushing the thick doors open and leads you out into the junkyard. Once again, the stench of decay. The sort of unsettling, earthy sweetness mixed with the harsh smell of chemicals fills the air around you and the building you stepped out of is dwarfed by the veritable mountains of trash an entire city's worth of refuse just scattered around you like a monument to the gods of trash charlie you see rusty sniffing the air and as the horrific odours begin to coalesce. Rusty's mouth opens and his tongue flops out and his tail wags and he excitedly exposits Bark! 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 Sets his eyes towards the nearest pile of trash and it takes all of your strength and willpower to hold him back from just doing what a dog does and digging through this treasure trove of very smelly, very stimulating refuse. PU is actively engaged in the same act on the other side of the pile. <laughs> I just let fucking go at it. He can, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Bark, bark, bark! He can't he shouts as he runs forwards. And, and, and P.U. sees this as permission to join in. P.U. <laughs> rushes to the nearest pile of trash, running past Frank and Azure. Azure's faceplate just displays a spiral, symbolic of her rolling her eyes behind it. And Charlie... I'd like you, rolling for Rusty, to go ahead and make me a knowledge check. And you have proficiency in mechanics, you can add plus two to that. Meanwhile, PU, you can go ahead and make a presence investigate check if you so wish. Oh, sure. Oh, yikes. Uh, that's Good a six. And how did how did Rusty go? Eleven. Eleven. So PU, this pile of trash before you, the one nearest to the incinerator loading bay, this is this is the trash that was deemed not fit for not fit for recycling, not fit for being part of the landfill. This is the stuff that was going to be burnt. And as such, it's mainly discarded medical refuse, old syringes, empty medical courier canisters, drugs that are about six months past their expiry drugs? date. Drugs? No score! You don't find anything that's worth anything to the others in the group because you're too busy, like, rifling through this off-coloured, th th these very off-coloured potions and tablets, wondering what they do, and desperately 
weighing up whether you should crack one of those bottles open and just drain the contents. While Rusty's digging furiously through the pile, his tail wags and he calls out, Bark! Bark, 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 bark! Bark, 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 bark! Indicating he's found something and you watch as he scatters some of the medical waste and reveals... A very interesting thing underneath. Ooh. A body. A oh, body shit. riddled with gunshots, bullet wounds, the blood still fresh, wearing the pale blue uniform of moss sanitation. One of the employees, one of the ones who wasn't lucky enough to be held hostage back in the office, they probably were gunned down by Cord and his gang, and then nonchalantly tossed in the trash pile, thrown out of the way. They've lain, here, they've lain here discarded, and it's unfortunate what's happened to them, but fortunate for you, because around the employee's neck is a lanyard, and at the end of the lanyard is a grime-covered employee keycard. There's a big red chevron emblazoned on the center of it, indicating that it provides level two access. Uh, Charlie's gonna pick up the keycard, walk over to you and be like, can I wipe this on your shirt? I think you would appreciate it. Oh yeah, sure. Pew pulls out a, a <laughs> shirt that is dirtier than the card is. <laughs> Charlie Frank? wipes it. Go ahead, Frank. Frank is going to go over to the body. Is the guy actually dead dead? As in there, is, he's been dead for ages. It looks... Well, he was probably alive about an hour ago, but he's definitely not alive now. Frank is not a doctor, but Frank doesn't need to be a doctor to tell that, you know, after taking 20-something bullets to his center mass, this guy is... Definitely long gone. Frank mutters real sorry to do this neighbor, but you're, you're giving me a bit of a plan. And he's gonna pick up a little piece of metal from an old panel of a car or something. He's gonna cut out the guy's gallbladder. Hmm. Oh shit, Frank, come on, man. Well, you're right next to a pile of medical refuse, so, you know, there's a scalpel just lying at Perfect. your feet. Perfect, and I've been looking at pictures of gallbladders, so gonna cut them open and start rummaging around. Yeah, I'm looking well, for a gallbladder. Frank knows what gallbladders do, they're for breaking down fats and toxins, after all. So, Frank, go yeah. ahead and make me an... Agility check, and you may add plus two if you have medicine, which you do not. I'll say you can add plus two for perception, actually, because you, you've you been looking at pictures of gallbladders. You read up before Patton called you in for this job. You know vaguely what they look like. Well, I rolled a natural 14, so plus whatever. Yeah. So... Everyone sort of gathers around as Frank drags this body out from under the trash, picks up a very grimy, rusty-looking scalpel off the floor and leans over. 
the scent of fresh blood adds to the mixture of sweat and feces and rotting trash that seems to seems to hang over this whole junkyard now like I'm gonna, present maelstrom he's gonna get bits of tubing and bits of glass and he's gonna turn the thing into something that no longer just looks organic what are you doing, Frank? Says Azure, as Frank leans over, and you try to get a look at what he's doing, but his body's so big, his shoulders so broad, that you can't actually see the procedure he's making. You just, for a minute or two, hear the sound of squishing noises, flesh being cut, and Frank whistling, a so- whistling an old ACDC tune under his breath. When he's done, he rifles through the trash pile again, and finally, when Frank's done, he gestures with pride towards his work as he proffers up what seems to be a pinkish, fleshy organ extracted from this man's abdomen, wrapped in coils of wire with plastic tubes sticking out of it, just mashed into the surface various bits of junk just like nailed to it and some rinsed with some i don't know some 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 turpentine or something and if i can find a case that might look like something you carry a really valuable fake organ in hey you would you like to proffer one of those empty empty medical courier containers yeah, uh, PU will hand him like a half-empty container, halfway through che- chewing through expired painodols. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Anybody think we might find a use for this? I mean, if you want to put it up as an art piece, dude, go for it. But God, we'll be grisly. I thought you would like that, PU. I, I don't like dealing with people and guts so much, but you know, the trash is there. You might as well use it. Thinking of passing that off as the thing we're after asks Azure a question mark on her faceplate. It doesn't even look like it connects to anything. Well, it is a prototype. Do I know how smart uh, Cord and his goonies are? Struck you as being, well, not smart so much as cunning and sadistic. Uh, I mean, shit, it could have fooled me, right? And Cord's not much better than I am, so fuck, who knows? Impression that TG Labs probably would have at least showed them a picture of what they have to find, but... It's entirely possible that, you know, they'd be willing to think anything vaguely organ-looking with some technology nailed to it is what they're after. They're not the most professional crew. Alright then, says Azure. It might buy us a moment, at least, to get the drop on them. Though, uh... Frank, there's 
blood still dripping out of the thing. Anyone who takes a close look at it's going to be able to tell what it actually is. Well, I tried washing it. Only had a little bit of, well, whatever this is. Traction, at least. I, I won't say. I won't say it won't work. Good, good thinking, Frank. She says, flashing a thumbs up. I was thinking that maybe what we do is you you say these folks are spying on us everywhere. Well, maybe we can go someplace where they're spying on us and, and call the general and say we got ourselves a gallbladder. Right. And maybe that will make them think, hang on, did we get the wrong thing? And Let- you reckon they stole the right one? Well, maybe they'll come back with the right one because they'll want to see whether they got the right one or whether we got the right one, is what I was thinking. I think it's I think it's a reasonable assumption that Cord's probably in the system. He could tap into the camera feeds and... She nods. You know what, Frank? That just might work. So, Charlie, you wipe the keycard on PU's jacket, and when you when you take the keycard back, it's now even grimier than before. There's a big splotch of dirt just completely covering the photo of the employee. I just got to say, I don't think we should try putting this in somebody because I really don't know what I'm doing. I think they'd get real sick if we tried to use this as a gallbladder. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's still in pretty good condition. A little, a little bit of glass never hurt anybody. True, says Azure. It's probably in a better condition than PU's gallbladder. Uh, I'm going to keep I, wiping the, uh, the lanyard on yeah. PU just trying to get it clean. You wipe it again? <laughs> two more times and then you flip it around and you realize that the surface of the card is essentially just black oh I, I, I got a great party trick for this check this charlie he grabs the card and he puts it to his forehead and he pulls his hand back and the cards are stuck to his head with the grime <laughs> okay you're holding it then have fun <laughs> oh, fair enough <laughs> he, he just leaves it on his forehead so all right then says azure I th- I think Frank's plan might be worth trying. It could lure Cord and the others out into the open. That way we won't have to worry about getting into the garage building. They've probably got it locked down. Ooh. Well, maybe while you folks create the distraction, someone with a little bit more finesse, like myself, slips through an open door they leave behind. Hmm? I like it, says Azure. And then if they've got the real gallbladder in there... You can just snatch it and get the drop on them, helping get the drop on them and help the rest of us get rid of them if we need to. Easy. I mean, subtlety is my specialty after all. It is a real gallbladder. I just took it from that gentleman just a few minutes ago. It's a real gallbladder, honest. I ain't funning you. I I took it straight from him. No, Frank, she means the the one that we were looking for. I'm sure he's got a perfectly fine gallbladder, but we want the other one, the one with the creds. Asher just shrugs. She looks around. 
peers beyond the incinerator buildings towards the mountains of trash, and then she says, So, alright, where do we want to, uh, um, uh, find this gallbladder? Um, we had a map up before that Azure, um, brought up. Azure, can you, uh, bring up that 3D mapping thing again? Send through the RCD, please. Sure. A little winky face appears on her faceplate as the map of the junkyard fills your RCDs. You see, you see the little green circles representing yourselves blinking, standing there right outside Incinerator A. Well, what I reckon is maybe we find it down here. And, you know, if I happen to find the, uh... The, the gold ladder over in the cycling center. Fantastic. I might even be able to grab a, a quick ride out of the garage and drive it through and, you know, through Cord if he's hanging around. Or if uh, you guys need a scattle, the gate's right there. We could always just jam through. Right, says Azure. We could, uh, we could draw them out between those two trash piles there at the edge of the facility. You could sneak along the southernmost wall, sticking to the shadows, and get access to the garage from there. What does everyone else think? Whatever works. What, what, what do you want me to do? Growl, says Rusty, relishing the potential fight coming up. Hmm, Frank, says Azure. Well, I think... I think you ought to be the one who, uh... Finds that thing. We'll have you uh, rifle around in the trash a bit, making a show of looking for it. And, and while you're at it, you could maybe uh, repurpose some of that trash by making some cover for us, just in case. We could get the drop on them. Just make sure we're not out in the open. I, I, I got, I got a little bit about that now. Could you, you could you take it back and, and explain it again after you want me to go out? <sighs> she sighs. Uh, tell you what, let's just get there first, and then we'll appraise our options. Uh, Frank, keep that gallbladder safe. Don't drop it. Don't crush it. Whatever you do, and uh. Try not to wave it around. We don't want Cord or his goons getting a good look at it on the camera. Not until they have to see it face to face. Okay. And so, you'd like to lure Cord and his goons out to this spot in the southwesternmost corner of the junkyard between. What, according to the map you have, are the two biggest piles of trash? From here, from the incinera incinerator building, you can see a big, rusty green crane hanging over one of the trash piles. And that looks like a reasonable place for someone who wanted to get the drop on their enemy to get a good vantage point. But first, we have to deal with getting there. Begin to make your way through the junkyard itself, walking between the shadows of the trash mountains, negotiating, negotiating little valleys and hills of jagged scrap metal, rusted out cars, and 
jumping over jumping over deep trenches in the earth filled with barbed wire and twisted burnt metal unidentified brown squishy vaguely biological organic substances in the midst of rotting and on the way there frank with your perception skill you catch movement ahead of you and see rounding the corner of one of the trash piles heading in your direction a group of three loader bots they're supposed to be doing their work carting trash from one pile to another instead they're brandishing their hammer arms and their drill arms in front of them scanning for threats, their eyes red gleaming LEDs, brainwashed by cords hacking. They haven't spotted you yet, and there's a chance they won't. What would you guys like to do? I, I assume Frank points out that there's a patrol coming, of course. Yes. Ian Sherman. Oh, Ian shit. Uh, ducking cover, ducking cover. Uh, P is going to dive for a pile of trash to rummage himself into to try and minimize his appearance for these folks. So PU's going hi- to hide and wait for them to walk past. Frank, I see you moving to the trash pile. Are you going to do the same? Yep. All right, Charlie. is going to jump in this little pile over here. Right there. And Charlie, what would you like to do? Into the trash pile. Into the trash. All right. The I'm P- used to it. I used to live in the junkyard, so it's fine. It's fine. And P is a stealthy guy. He knows what he's talking about. He's probably giving us the best advice right now. Rusty seems to relish the chance of burying himself in trash as P.U. grabs Azure's hand and dives behind a pile of broken washing machines and dryers. Rusty... Rusty wags his tail, pant, 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 and Charlie, you chase after him, ducking down in a gap between two decommissioned vending machines. Meanwhile, Frank, you're making your way towards the bigger pile of trash, the big mountain ahead of you, and what's your plan? Scale the top? Or no, I'm going to find a small Buick and just sort of hold it over myself like a weird <laughs> mm. so, so I'm dressed like a Buick <laughs> poses a car as they walk past alright so I'll ask P.U. and Charlie to make me uh, some agility stealth checks ooh and I get to add a plus two to those meanwhile Frank what's your strength score oh it's plus two and you do have proficiency in athletics. So, Frank, no role needed for you. There's a big, rusting, piss-yellow Buick lying at the foot of the trash pile, and you just hoist it up, hold it in front of you. It's like, you know in those old cartoons where, like, when people are sneaking, they'll hold a bush in front of them to obscure their body and just stand in place? It's kind of like that, except it's a big Buick up on its side with Frank crouching behind it. Yep. PU and Azure, how do you go? Uh, I got myself a natural 20 with my new dice. Ooh, nice. For a total of there 25. And Charlie, how do you go? 14. 
14. You hear the whirring joints of the loader bots as they march forwards. They stop in the junction between two piles of trash. Stop and slowly survey their surroundings. Their gaze passes by the Buick that's inexplicably lying on its side. Pass by the pile of old vending machines and washers and dryers. And then there... Go ahead, Frank. Can I just ask... How feasible is it to pick up my Moomoo uh, and uh, squat all of the loaders with just one great big huge thunk? Surprise attack? You could do it. You could. Pr- the, it's a. It's a car. It's a full-sized car. You could probably bowl all three of them down in a single blow if you're fast enough. I would really like to try it. It just <laughs> seems like it's lined up for that. And the others, well, the others are hidden, so they're not especially in any danger. So, Frank, you can't resist. The loader bots finish their sweep of the surroundings. Their red LED lights blink to green, and they start to move on. And that's that's when you see them as the big, big metallic cricket balls as they are hoist. Hoist the Buick up in two hands as if it's a gigantic cricket bat and charge forwards rushing towards them. They whirl around at the last moment just as you're on them, bringing the Buick down in a huge arc. There's a crash of metal on metal. And Frank, go ahead and roll an attack roll for me, please. A strength. Uh, uh, strength. I got an 18. You nice. Got an- you got an 18. I'd say that's a hit on all three of them. Go ahead and roll me the damage. We'll say 1d10. Very nice. Oh, it's a two points of damage. So you managed to hit all three of them with the Buick, but rather if than may, get, go ahead. Could I donate a glitch for max damage? Yeah, you can. So 10 damage. 10 damage. So here's what happens. Frank rushes forwards and he brings the Buick down in a massive arc. For a moment, peering from your hiding places, you think that the loader bots are going to scatter like bowling pins from the force of the blow. Instead, the three of them stand firm. The impact jostles them around. They stumble on the spot. Their hammer and drill arms whirring, trying to strike an unseen threat. But they manage to straighten themselves, and then they see Frank standing there, plain as day. The drill arms begin to whir as they set their sights on him and move in for the kill. But as they move towards him, you see something about their gait. It's lopsided, slightly more clunky than it should be, and it seems that that massive blow from the Buick has done a fair bit of damage. Their armor absorbed four points of it, but that's six points of damage to all three of them. So, Frank, go ahead and roll an agility check for me, and we'll roll initiative. Uh, oh, whoops. Uh, agility is okay. Uh, three. <laughs> three. 
So, Frank, you probably weren't expecting them to still be standing after that surprise attack. No, You're not Frank really... is looking at them as they're approaching him with their drills and things, and he says, Well, tell you the truth, I, I, I thought that was going to go a little bit differently than it has, and I, 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 I'm starting to regret the foolish <laughs> nature of my actions. So the, sorry. The joints creak and whir as they begin running faster, charging towards you, ready to take down the intruder. And Frank, go ahead and make me an agility check to defend against the first one. That's going to be a 16. 16. You duck as the first loader bot charges towards you and swings his hammer cutting through the air above your head. And then the second one whirs his drill, running straight towards you, ready to drill right into your torso. Go ahead and roll me another agility check to defend. That will be a 14. 14. As he charges towards you, you just kick out with your left leg. Your foot strikes him at the top of one of his legs and he topples to the sides, the drill plunging into a pile of trash behind you, scattering waste across the area. The third one is the last one up, raising his hammer arm, he comes running towards you, his machine programming not allowing him to realize that his chances of hitting you after his two friends failed is probably not very high. Go ahead and roll me a third and final agility check to defend. You got this, Frank? That will be a 19. Nice. 19. And so as he rushes towards you, you just clench your right fist and whoop, punch out, striking the loader bot above its right shoulder. Its joints whir and its hammer arm spins in a circle, whirring out of control and striking the ground about a foot to your left. Alright. Clenching something, that's for sure. <laughs> Alright, PU, you're up, hidden in the refuse, unnoticed. Alrighty, I like to imagine that there's a top load washer uh, that's sitting there that suddenly has its lid burst open as PU's jumping out. Ah, shit, Frank, come on, man! Uh, and he's going to unleash uh, a hail of bullets on these three uh, <laughs> as I'm going to be auto-firing my two smart guns. Yeah, go ahead and add plus two to the first roll because you jumping out and surprising them. Hell yeah. Uh... So that's an agility. Yep. An agility, an agility plus three plus fire. two. Yep. So call that 15 total. 15. That's a hit. Roll the damage. Hell yeah. And because I'm using my dual wielder feet, I'll be taking two attacks, okay. uh, a single attack test for both, and then combine the damage rolled. Yeah. So that's going to be nine points of damage on the first shot. Nine points of damage. The one that was trying to drill Frank is still recovering from. Frank kicking it, the weight of its drill, it's struggling to pull it, dislodge it from the ground, and that's your first target. You leap out, unleash a hail of bullets, peppering the back of the loader box with the rounds. Sparks and scrap metal fly, and then it just falls forwards. 
and the bullets keep coming as he uh, rolls to hit the second one, uh, which is going to be a 17 to hit. That's a hit. Roll the damage. Or uh, two damage. Two damage. Some bullets graze the plating of the second loader bot, but it still seems to be in fighting condition, and now it knows your location. It whirls around, readies its hammer arm, and begins to charge towards you. But you did hit it, so you get one more auto-fire. Uh, quick question. When firing with both my guns, I forget. Am I making two attacks every round? Or um, no, so that's, you're, that's a Yeah, theme. only on the first one. Only on the yeah. first one. Uh, and then I'll just roll the 1d6 every round on yeah. every hit. Correct. Okay, yes. cool. Yeah, for the next, for the subsequent hits. Alrighty. Uh, my next attack is going to be a 9, I believe, because nine. 6 plus yeah. my agility. Yeah. Seeing the loader bot charge towards you, you raise your gun and fire out from behind the cover of a top loader. The loader bot swings its hammer arm in the air, seeming to strike the bullets, hitting them straight out of thin air, and continues charging towards you. And then, Charlie, you're up. What would you like to do? Shotgun. 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 Firing from surprise, you add a plus yeah. two to your roll to hit. Yeah. Chuck. Just pop out and be like, pew. Bang. Pop the shotgun, click, bang. And how do you go? Roll me a presence check to hit with your shotgun. Sorry, once I'm bringing up here again. Uh, I had a plus two to that, yeah? Plus two, because you're shooting from surprise. 18. 18. Nice. All right. As the loader bot charges towards where PU is, you duck out from behind the vending machine, cock your shotgun, click, and fire at it. Go ahead, roll the damage. Six. Six. Sparks fly as it's sprayed with buckshot, and it's... Chest plate is torn off, revealing the wiring underneath. It's at this point that Rusty bears his teeth. Bark, bark, he shouts as he charges forward, springing off his hind legs and sinking his razor-sharp teeth into the wires, tearing them to shreds. The loader bot flails its arm, trying to bat him away, and then just stops in mid-swing, no longer active. And there's one left. Azua raises her gun, aims out from cover, and bang! Fires. Her bullet slams into the dirt behind the loader bot. Three dots appear on her faceplate as she swears under her breath. This remaining loader bot revs his drill. As he charges straight forwards towards P.U. and Charlie in a straight line. Uh -oh. P.U. and Charlie, both of you go ahead and make agility checks for me. Sure. End. Ooh. Uh, call that an eight. An eight? Oof. You if can I always could... glitch if you like. Go ahead, if Frank. Now, I had an attack, and then they attacked me, right? Yep. Does that mean that Frank is yet to act, and if he's able to act, can he just sort of leap forward and grab the robot's ankle to stop them from reaching PU and... Do you see Actually, what I mean? Yeah. So, Frank, you're going to leap forwards, 
try to grab the loader bot by the leg, pull it down. Go ahead and roll me a strength athletics check. That will be a 17. 17, nice. So as the loader bot revs its drill, Frank lets out a yell. He charges forwards, grabs the loader bot by its right leg and yanks pulling it down. Its drill strikes the ground around it, sending up a cloud of scrap metal and debris. So, P, you and Charlie, I'll still ask you to roll to defend, but this time you're not defending against the drill. You're defending against just the trash that's being dislodged from the pile around you, thanks to being struck by the drill. Ooh, a new roll. Let's go. Yeah. Much this better. I call that... Uh, so this will be an agility check. Uh, 13 total. 13 16. Total. 16, nice. You leap out of the way as a cloud of scrap metal, impromptu shrapnel, flies towards your direction. And then, with Frank holding the loader bot down, PU, what would you like to do? Uh, I'm going to run up to, uh, to it and... Uh... Uh, standing at an angle where I'm not shooting the bullets through it into uh, good old Frank. I'm going to continue to fire at this thing with uh, auto-fire. Yeah. It's flailing its hammer arm around, trying to knock Frank back, trying to strike you as you step towards it, firing at nearly point-blank range. Go ahead and make me an agility check and add plus two because it's not moving. Frank's got it pretty much pinned down. Uh, so... 17 total. 17 total. Don't bother rolling damage because you're at point blank range. You point your gun at the loader bot's gleaming red eyes and unleash a barrage. It struggles vainly as Frank holds it down. And when you're done, there's nothing left of its head save for several multicolored wires sticking out of its neck. A plume of smoke rises from what's left, and the loader bot simply stops and slumps forwards. I, I, I'm I'm real sorry. I I I said it with that music. I, it just seemed like a good idea. I, I know it wasn't the plan. I, I'm real sorry. Ah shit, Frank! Just, don't stress it. None of us got hurt. None of us good uh, news died. Is that the good news is that Cord won't be able to use them against us, says Azua, brushing brushing some dust and, 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 and bits of scrap metal off her shoulders. Uh, shit, Charlie. Point. Is there anything useful on them that I can use? Hmm, Charlie, go ahead and make me a knowledge machinery check. Frank is, is was going to actually address that, and he's going to say to Charlie... I reckon if we took those drill bits, we could make some nice new teeth for Rusty. Probably Nineteen. Could. Nineteen. You pour over them, Charlie. The massive impact of the Buick combined with the buckshot from your shotgun and PU's bullets has left these loader bots irreparably damaged. They will never operate again, but that doesn't mean they don't have useful component parts. You find you find the mechanism that attaches the drill arms and the hammer arms to their bodies. These are still mostly intact, and using your multi-tool, it takes you only a few minutes to unhook the hammers and the drills and drop them into your bag. 
So that would be three drill arms and three hammer arms. Ooh. The metal is of fairly high quality, and you might be able to cobble something together out of these, enhance Rusty in some way, but also, these are fairly, uh, fairly high quality and intact loader bot implements, and can probably be sold on the second-hand market for a reasonable sum as well. People always looking to replace parts of their loader bots or re-retrofit them for a new job. Are Shit, there any wires? Oh, there's heaps. There's heaps of wires sticking out right. of the cavities in their torso. Multi-coloured wires. Most of them torn to shreds by the bullets or by Rusty's teeth. But there's, you know, it's like a big plate of spaghetti. You can just reach in and <laughs> wrench yeah. out a handful of... Multi-colored wire. <laughs> yeah. Would Frank be able to just sort of pick them up and carry and dump them in, into his um his uh, dumpster bin that he brought along? Yeah, sure. So as as Charlie steps forwards and just yanks handfuls of wires out of the loader bot's bodies, and while you're doing that, Charlie, do you chow down on any of that spaghetti? Uh, I'm feeding it mostly to Rusty. Yeah. Um, you... He's having a couple of snacks, and I'm going to save the rest for later. Every second handful you pull out, you toss it to Rusty at your feet. He chews the wires with relish, wagging his tail. You drop the rest into your bag, and then the corpses are well and truly gutted. Frank hoists up the metal frames, much lighter now that they've been stripped of their implements and their innards, and drops them into the dumpster-sized dumpster-sized container he insists on dragging around on his back everywhere. Fine, we can use them for later. We can melt them down and use them for scrap metal. Sounds good to me, says Azure. I'm just glad we won't have any unseen, any unseen threats sneaking up on us while we're trying to deal with Cord and the others. And now it seems our coast is clear, so... After you, she says, gesturing towards P.U., Charlie, and Frank to lead the way. Before the group keeps growing, you um, keeps going. You said that the pile that we jumped into was a pile of washing machines and dryers and vending machines. Yep. Okay. While this uh, while this was happening, P.U. Uh, while they were gutting this machine, he would have gone around to the dryers and pulled out handfuls of dryer lint uh, to collect <laughs> for himself. Hey, it's like what they make, like what my belly button makes. I'm just going to point out there might be some extra cans of drinks, some expired cans of drinks in there if you want to smash them open. Uh, Pu looks up from um, stuffing his pockets full of dryland. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no bad idea. Um, Pu said, uh, "We'll say approaching uh, one of the old uh, vending machines with his crowbar." So, P.U., I won't make you roll for this, because your expertise, of course, is breaking into things. But you crack open a couple vending machines. The first few are empty, but you get lucky on the third one. Down the bottom of the vending machine, there are four cans of expired gamer juice. Ooh, I don't know what the expired one's going to do, but okay. He'll, uh, Derek. They're very clearly expired. The label is the label is the old label that they used to have a couple years ago. The colour scheme's been re it's gone undergone a reinvention in the years since. The cans are red now, these ones are blue. 
Yeah, it, the, the lettering scratched off, and now it's just Aimer Weiss. <laughs> Aimer Weiss, yep. But, you know, Game of Juice is so heavily carbonated and so loaded with chemicals that being expired probably doesn't really mean much. Go Can ahead, Frank. I just, well, this is actually Adam. I just want to ask, have any of you guys had conversations with your mother that went along the lines of her trying to explain that the salsa that you found from 2007 was still probably good? <laughs> have any of you had that kind of conversation? Yes. Yes. I, I think PU's had that conversation many times with many people. <laughs> I don't mean gaming, that's just... Yeah, that's no, it. I think we all have. My mum's cupboard is full of, like, cans of soup from, like, 2003. Like, Campbell's Country Ladle, like, with a label that they haven't used in since I was a little kid. Yep. You should know what my mum found in her cupboard. She found a whole tin of, like, one of those extra-large tins of Nesquik from fucking Yonks ago. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not too keen on drinking those, says Azure, but... You just hold on to them, you never know. There's so much chemicals in that stuff, it might still work. Eh, more for me, I guess. If anything, it's probably just slightly less potent, she says. She shrugs as she begins to make her way towards the agreed-upon site. Uh, four cans, you said, yes? Yeah, four cans. Hell yeah. And so you continue your walk through the junkyard. You eventually pass under the shadow of a great green crane. It rises up at least 20, 30 feet in the air, hangs over the piles of trash, and from the end of the crane, a long metallic rope dangles, a hook still attached to a rusty-looking shipping container suspended about 10, 15 feet in the air. Oh, shit, this, you reckon that thing still works? Does this crane look like it can be driven? Like it's mobile. There are no wheels or tracks. Rather, the crane itself appears to be attached to a little... A little metal building. It's it's a stationary crane, but there's a little window at the base of it, and through that grime-encrusted window, you can see a control panel. The crane is designed to be able to swivel around, pick things up from any of these four piles of trash around it, and drop them wherever else they need to be. Hey, uh, Charlie. Mm. You're, you're good with the wires and shit. You reckon you can hotwire that thing? Definitely try. Oh, shit. What ends? Asks Azure. Are you, are you thinking of dropping the shipping container on them? Well, all I'm saying is tough as Cord thinks he is. He's not that tough against two tons of steel. Ooh, says Azure. Very true. I don't think anyone is. I, I struggle to think. Maybe Frank. Yeah. Frank blushes and says, well, I don't weigh two tons. Maybe a ton and a half at most. Ah, oh, don't worry, big guy. We'll get you there. I'll show you some great eateries around here. Do you eat? I don't, actually, I don't want to know. Uh, tell you what. To... Excuse me. To uh, funnel our, our uh, compadres 
coming over from the recycling center. We can make sure they come through this way while I slip this way. If uh, behind me, I use this new uh, pocket lid here with some of my magnesium to set up a little, you know, diversion. He says, flicking his thumb to reveal his uh, incinerate thumb lighter. I like it, says Azua. We- you, you, you guys get plenty of opportunities to, to get the drop on them, literally. Uh, <laughs> and then and then I slip in all nice like, you know? We could deal with them without even having to fire a shot. I, I like it. Oh, well, I don't know about that. There's no fun in that, but we'll get to it. So, uh, everyone cool with that plan? To the crane, yep. You grab the door, uh, grab the door to the crane cabin, and thankfully it's unlocked. It was probably still being used when Cord and his gang showed up and took over the junkyard. You slide into the driver's seat and unscrew the little metal panel on the con- uh, on the controls. You reach in, grab a handful of wires, and get to work hot-wiring the thing. Charlie, go ahead and make me a knowledge machinery check, if you'd like to attempt this yourself. Could you possibly assist using his mechanical lockpick? Well, there's nothing really to unlock. It's- it's- Oh, I I thought- I thought it might have had, like, a key start ignition. Oh, yeah, I suppose it does, yeah. We, so, is there any possible chance that it could be either mechanics or... Sorry, not mechanics. Yeah, mechanics? Yeah, well, I'd say you're hot wiring it and it's a big machine, yeah. so mechanics would apply. But also, if you wanted to, you could try to task Charlie with breaking in with his little multi-tool and see if he manages to get it done without you having to bother. Oh, Rusty. Yeah, I can try it. Can we do both if one, does, if one doesn't work? Yeah. So PU, as you as you step towards them and peer over Charlie's shoulder, you do see a little sticker on the control panel advertising that it's secured by Guard Dog Technologies, meaning that you probably have one attempt to do this. The second attempt will be much harder, as many security as the inbuilt security systems will have activated. Well, that depends. It depends on whether or not. The guard dog security features is a pack of stickers that say guard dog security features. Yeah, could just be a sticker to try to deter you. It's, it's like all the stickers on the cards that say just inbuilt, inbuilt security system, but it doesn't actually have security systems. Yeah. I would say, PU, with your expertise, you're able to see the... You're able to point out the little key slot on the control panel where the ignition chip goes, and... Based on that, you think that the mechanism for the ignition is sort of roughly to the right at the back of the control panel, and suggest that that might be a good area to start. And then, Charlie, you press the button. Go go ahead, P.U. As eloquently as you put that, Dale, uh, P.U. says, Charlie, make a big fucking hole here. <laughs> Charlie, you nod, press the button on your remote control panel, and are you doing it yourself or is Rusty gonna attempt it? Rusty. Alright. So go ahead and make me a knowledge 
machinery roll, and we'll add plus two because Rusty has a multi-tool that'll assist him here, and PU's also giving you some help. You got this. You got this, Mr. Puppy Dog. Uh, 15. Whipper, says Rusty, looking at the massive wires and add gears and mechanisms before him. And P.U. leans over and says, That one there! Rip, rip, rip that one up! Rip that one off! And you press the button on Rusty's remote and he steps forwards, gnashes his teeth, ripping some of the wires out of the way, and then the little multi-tool at the end of his tongue pokes out, sticks into a gap, jiggles the mechanism, and suddenly, you hear the engine roar to life. The The whole cabin shakes as the crane activates. And you hear a you hear a deep metallic groan around you. Nice. Is that you want Very nicely to done. Bark, yeah. bark, 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 says Rusty, pleased with himself, wagging his tail and just absentmindedly munching on some of the wires he tore free. Good boy, Pew says, giving him a, a ruffle of his hair, uh, leaving behind a greasy mark. <laughs> his hair is like the skin of a teddy bear lazily grafted onto a metallic frame. But PU doesn't care. It feels soft, fuzzy. That is about the the cleanest material PU has touched in years. Yeah. Now it's no longer clean. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big black streak on Rusty's head. But Rusty doesn't seem to notice. He's happy chewing at the chewing away at the wires. So, Charlie, you're in the driver's seat of the crane. What's the go, guys? What do you what do you want Charlie to do with the crane? Um, I think we're going to try and drop something or grab the nasties as they come through here, right? Yeah. So there's currently a big shipping container attached to the crane. The easiest thing would be to drop it or to, like, use it as a wrecking ball, essentially, have it come swinging down the lane right into them. But you could also try to pick them up if you were to detach the shipping container first. Let's try dropping it on them, probably, eh? I I was actually thinking of, let's drop it. As soon as yeah, he said yeah. there's a crane voice. But, um... Hey, uh... Hey, uh... <laughs> Azure, question for you. Can you put, like, some kind of guardy protection shit on the, on the electronics on this thing? Just so Core doesn't zap it? Oh, my dear, says Azure. She unslings her cyber deck, peering up at the crane, and her fingers glide across the screen. She nods and a thumbs up appears on her faceplate as she uses her I'm in feet to make quick work of the feeble firewalls in the crane security system, laying down some defences of her own. I don't think they'll hold against a concerted attack from Cord, she says. Not forever, but it should at least buy us a minute or two to get him into the right place if he does try to take over. Sounds good. Uh, you folks ready then? Uh, Pew will wait until he can spot one of the security, uh, making sure that the security cams around him have turned away on their on their monitor on their monitoring swings, uh, and then Pew will dive into the trash to uh, 
Make as well stealthily along to this point here. Yeah. P, you go ahead, make an agility stealth roll for me. Happy to. Ooh, that's not fantastic. Uh, I might go ahead and use my glitch to re-roll that. Yeah, if you'd like to go ahead. Uh, actually, hang on. Uh, three plus stealth proficiency, nine. Uh, actually, instead, I'll ask for the DR to drop by four because I rolled a nine. I think it's better that. That'll, that'll do it. So it's like whack-a-mole. There's a hole in the trash mountain, and then there's P.U.'s head in the hole, and then P.U.'s head disappears into the hole, and he's gone. Azua looks over at Frank and says, Okay, big guy, you ready to find the gallbladder? I, I, I found the gallbladder earlier. It's right here. I hold it up. Yeah, in this box, and it, you know, it, it's got stuff, and... Just, uh, just, just, just hold that thought, hold that pose, says Azure, as she, with her cyber deck still unslung, jacks it into the pole, into a light pole next to her, and there's a security camera at the top of the pole, slowly sweeping across the junkyard. Her fingers <laughs> glide, go ahead. Found it near 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 the building area, you know where there was all that clean stuff, and it's in this box, and 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 I'm sure it's a gallbladder. Mhm, mhm. She says, nodding as she slams her finger down on one of the keys, sending an electronic ping into the system, designed to draw Cord's attention. With quick reflexes, she snatches the cord out of the pole, retracts it back into her neck, and slings her cyber deck back over her shoulder. And sure enough, the camera seems to swivel on the spot, pointing right down at Frank and Azure. Azure clears her throat. <clears throat> wow, Frank, what luck that we found it here of all places! Well, it was, we knew it was... I mean, I knew where it was going to be. You, you wanted me to find a good hiding spot. Now, what kind of hiding spot do you want me to have for this? We'd better keep it safe so that Cord and the others don't take it from us, says Azure, raising her voice. Yeah, we don't got to worry about that. that Cord, Cord and them fellas left. Well, I guess they left with the wrong prototype, huh? <laughs> As you were laughs. And then, keeping an eye on the camera, she looks over at you, Frank, and she... And a semicolon and a right bracket appear on her faceplate. She winks. I think it's working, she says. Somewhere in the distance, you hear... Go ahead, Frank. Uh, he just sort of says, I, 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 I don't know if, if it's going to work or not. I mean, that's the thing about prototypes. You never know. Meanwhile, PU's sneaking along the southern perimeter of the junkyard, pops his head out of a pile of trash and glances towards the recycling building ahead. P.U., you see the 
thick iron roller door of the garage shuddering open, and from inside the building steps a thin, wiry man wearing an imposing bull helmet that makes his head look about twice the size as it would actually be. Ugh, that dickhead. Behind him stand the rest of his crew. Here, the shunned nanomancer decked out in mirror shades in an old movie monster costume. Her hands are fiddling, fidgeting, constantly restless. Zola behind him, the cyber slasher, who's dressed like a corpo but is dripping with piercings and chrome and wick at the very back. The Gangoon new goth fashionista with an out of place glowing respirator. An unrepentant drug user who even now has two syringes dangling out of both of his wrists. You watch as they take stock of their surroundings and then cord points in the direction you came from and calls out, We gotta get them, boys and girls. We gotta get the real one. I, 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 I thought we had the real one, says the new goth fashionista. I mean, uh, the, the, the manifest said it was in recycling and we found it there and... Well, they found something too. We, we gotta get both of them. One of them's the real and one of them's the fake. Maybe there was two. Maybe we can get double the bounty. And they ready their weapons and begin to trudge through the junkyard towards where you know Frank as you and Charlie are waiting. Yep. To prevent them coming my direction and slipping up this way, uh, as described, uh, Pew is going to take a uh, big handful of his dryer lint and he's going to stick a little uh, strip of magnesium in it and go ahead and light it and drop it here and quickly uh, run around this way so that he can uh, start a fire to block them going through here. Yeah. So you only have a very short window of time to do this. So I'd like you to go ahead and roll me an agility acrobatics check. Agility acrobatics, okay. Ooh, Ooh, that's a two. Can you have any help, folks? Mm, got any glitches left? Um, oh, wait, I do. You can have my glitch. Well, thank uh, you. Charlie offers one. Frank's already used one, so may as well take Charlie's. Yikes, not even better. Okay, cool. That's a six total. Six? So... You're not sure which way they're going to march, and perhaps if you'd left them alone, they would have gone where you wanted them to go. But in your haste to get the fire going, to lay out the magnesium strips, you stumble over... You stumble into a pile of crushed cans ready for recycling, loudly scattering them everywhere, and... Cord and his goons immediately whirl around. They see you there with your thumb lighter ignited and a magnesium strip in your other hand. They 
stare at you, you stare back at them for a couple of seconds, it seems to drag on endlessly, and then Cord points his hand in your direction, and he shouts, Hey! Hey, that's P.U. Get him! Ah, shit. Fuck you, Cord! And uh, P.U.'s gonna bolt to get back to his buddies. Back to the buddies. All right, uh, P.U., go ahead, make an agility check to roll initiative. Uh, that's a 10. A 10. I was just thinking that he's just as stealthy as a cat walking on tinfoil. <laughs> All right, guys, so... guys, 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 they saw me! Go, 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 go! <laughs> we'll get to... All right, so... So the party gets to go first this time. So P.U., you're spending your turn getting back to the others as fast as you can, calling, Hey, hey, they're after me, they're after me! He's gonna dash ahead. He's stumbling and trumbling through the different um, uh, piles of refuse as he makes his way back to the rest of the group. Um, can Waving. I... Yep, go ahead. Can I possibly drop off my little firebomb while I'm running along? Yeah, you sure can. So I'm gonna throw it against this pile uh, here to try and, uh, I don't know, sort of start off something, I don't know. See if it does, <laughs> doesn't help us later. You wave the lighter thumb and the burning magnesium strippers. You call out to the others, hey, 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 they, they saw me, get ready. Getting their attention and then hoist the burning strip over your shoulder into the trash pile. You hear a loud bang and feel the heat searing your back as something catches a light and then you scramble towards Azure and Frank readying your weapon as your turn is done. Frank, you hear the footsteps, you hear the shouting and in a few seconds Cord and his gang will round the corner of the trash pile in front of you, weapons at the ready. What would you like to do? I don't suppose there's a big 50-gallon uh, barrel full of all sorts of really horrifying flammable chemicals laying around. You know, things like drained coolant and oil and 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 just all the horrible stuff they drain out of vehicles. Make it Let's make it fun. Roll a d8 for me. A d8? Yeah. I rolled an 8. An 8. Alright. So, Frank, you begin just rifling through the nearest pile of trash, trying to find an old oil drum, something that... something corrosive, and... Frank, I'd like you to go ahead and make me an agility test for me. The DR will be 12. Okay. That's going to nice. be a 15. 15. You hoist a big chunk of concrete off the surface of the pile, and you're about to grab what's underneath when you hear the sound of electricity, the buzz. There's some downed power lines from the before times, from before this was Moss Sanitation and just another city block. They're running through the centre of the pile. Power surges through the old grid aren't uncommon, and it's obvious that these wires are still live. You stop just short of wrapping your hands around them and electrocuting yourself, but here they are. 
now that you know they're there, you could probably safely remove them and do something with them. Uh, so are you suggesting that Frank is in a position to grab some, uh, using some implement or what have you, fling some wires across the path and then fall back so that these knuckleheads run straight over these live wires? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say because, you know, you're about to grasp the wires, you pull back, and then you see, you know, there are parts of the wires that are encrusted in grime and trash and, and rubbers sort of fused onto their surface. You could grab that part, rip it out, and lay it over the track, but I will ask for a strength athletics check to rip the wires free in time. That will be an 11. An 11, nice. The electricity buzzes. Sparks fly as you detach the live wires and quickly lay them down between two of the trash piles, creating a live wire trip wire for your enemies. And Is there I'm anything else you'd like to do? Let's move along, move along, move along. I'm move wondering along. Because if it's possible, I would also like to find something that will explode if 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 um put into the proximity of this um electrical uh source if you see what i mean but i'm just mainly trying to make sure my friends move along and are not in proximity of these wires i'm trying to do that next round so you just step back ready to strike anyone who gets beyond this trip wire who's going to threaten your friends charlie you're at the you're at the control panel of the crane. You hear P.U. and Frank shouting that someone's coming. What would you like to do? Are they not at the in, uh, junction yet? So, you, the way the crane is, it's pointing to the east. But it seems, according to P.U., he slipped up somehow and the enemy are coming from the south. So, can if you'd can like I rotate to... It? Yeah. You can rotate it, but you've never piloted a crane before. So go ahead and make me a knowledge mechanics check to see if you can figure it out quickly enough. How's it nat 20? Nat 20, nice. (laughs) You grab one of the control panels, slam your fist down on a button, and the whole cabin seems to jolt you forwards as you swivel the long green crane around, dangling the shipping container just above the live wires that Frank has strewn across the ground. Meanwhile, Azure is waiting. She notices that they're coming, so she's going to scramble to hide and prepare one of her apps to cause some nearby electronics to go off and explode, raining destruction down on the enemies if she can. She slides into a little niche, an an alcove dug out of the sides of one of the trash piles and simply waits. And then it's the enemy's turn. The first thing you hear is a loud as something explodes in the trash pile to the right, ignited by PU's magnesium strip. PU, go ahead and roll a D3 for me. Uh, sure. I don't have one of those. Let me dice roll that. 
I got a one. A one. So I'm saying that I'm treating this as a hand grenade, essentially. Ah. You threw a magnes a burning piece of magnesium into the trash file trash pile without looking at what you were hurling it at. You got lucky. You managed to hit something flammable and it explodes. You hear Cord screaming out in order, duck for cover! And Cord himself is the only one that takes the damage. Roll me a d6. I rolled a d6, I got a five. Five, very, very nice. Cord's armor absorbs two of that, meaning he takes three points of damage. A few like seconds. I said, fuck you, Cord. <laughs> You'll get yours, he calls out, and about half a second later, you finally see his huge minotaur helmet and the rest of him rounding the corner, some scuff marks on his trench coat, the rest of his crew running behind him. And I'm going to roll to see if any of them notice the live wires that Frank's laid out. So I'm going to roll for each of them. Does the uh, explosion that's rung their senses help to minimize their uh, noticing of this? Yeah, I'm subtracting two from each of their Fantastic. dice rolls. First Cord, then Hia, then Zola come charging ahead. They're about half a foot away from the live wires when suddenly Wick flocks Flex a lock of his new goth hair out of his eyes. Sighs, points ahead, and says, Duh, wires. And they stop. Stop just a step away from frying themselves. Instead, they scramble for their weapons and open fire. First, there's Cord. He sling, unslings his cyber deck from his shoulders and right there in the middle of the junkyard kneels down, furiously bashing it away on it. Bashing so hard that you swear you see one of the keys detach and fly away like a stray piece of shrapnel. He slides an app cartridge into his cyber deck and let and lets out a huge FUCK YOU as he executes his overcharge app. Uh oh. And that is going to... Boost... Hmm. That's going to boost Zola, the renegade cyber slasher. Uh oh. Granting her a plus six bonus to all of her rolls, and because enemies don't roll in Cyborg, what that actually means is minus six to your tests to defend and hit her. Suddenly this, this fake corpo laden with blades and chrome and piercings begins to move as a blur as cord hacks into your RCDs and you begin to perceive Zola moving with supernatural speed. Then it's Zola's turn and she can only see Frank. So she charges straight for Frank, leaping over the tripwires with a flying leap, throwing off her corpo jacket, revealing subdermal skin armor underneath. 
Wolverine claws shing, fly out of the back of her knuckles and she screams as she rushes towards him. Go ahead, Frank, make me an agility roll to defend, but that will be at a minus six penalty. Uh, that's going to mean I have a total of six. Total. Yikes. Total of six. Is it a Ooh. flat minus six? Yeah, flat minus six to whatever you roll. Oh, God, okay. Of the overcharge. So I ha I rolled a 12, and then, and then I have a six. six. Yeah. Now, so, the yep. question is, is, do I need a 10? You need a 10, yep. So if I spend my last glitch, I got a 10? Yeah, if you want to spend your last glitch. Um, so you would have rolled 12, take... Yeah. So, yeah, you can... 12, yeah. If you want to spend your last glitch to reduce the DR by 4, bringing it down to exactly 6, you sure can. Well, um... Uh, is this a good idea, people, or not? Because I have no idea mm -hmm. how dangerous she is. Well, she look, knowing I'll the say classes... she looks dangerous. Knowing the classes, she can do a lot of damage really quickly. To put in perspective, um, Adam, think yeah. like a raging barbarian with, like, great weapon master levels. Alright. I, 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 I have a 10 then. Yeah. Screaming like a banshee, Zola f springs through the air like a feline predator towards you, slashing her claws. You lash out with your cricket bat, striking her in midair, knocking her out of the air. From inside your code, a voice calls out, How's that? As she hits the ground and you successfully defend yourself. Next up, it is Wick's turn, the Forsaken Gangoon. He reaches into his new goth jacket and pulls out a smart gun. He slides a cord from the back of the smart gun, jams it into his RCD and just stops, his eyes sweeping the area. <sighs> so passe, he says, bored, as he raises the gun and pulls the trigger, auto-firing first at the vicinity of PU. PU, roll to defend. You get a plus two on your defense because you are hidden in the trash. Can do. That's a 14 total. Uh, is defense an agility check? Yes. Oh, excuse me. That is a uh, 17 total. You duck further into the trash pile as you feel the bullets hit the trash around you. Feel it vibrating above your head. I suppose no one's there after all, says Wick as he points his gun at the next person. And then finally, it's Hia's turn. Wick hears a distant call. You shoot like shit! <laughs> Cord calls out. We would have been willing to cut you in on this deal, P.U. But T.G. Labs has a bounty on your head. You can suck my tape, Cord. Get fucked, you crusty bastard. Why don't you show him what you can do here? He says, gesturing to the nanomancer next to him. She raises her mirror shades, revealing silver irisless eyes underneath. Slides her mirror shades back down and flings her hand forwards, 
using her Chill of the Void nano power. Nanobots scream forth around her, spraying liquid nitrogen and freeze-drying chemicals in the vicinity. Icicles begin to glimmer on the ground and on the surface of the trash piles, and I would like everyone to make a toughness test for me. Ooh. Ooh, 18. 18? It's nice to treat me nicely. Fifteen. Fifteen, and... How did Frank go? He's got very uh, good toughness. Uh, I, th I, I think it's fourteen or something, rather. It might 14? be fifteen. I'm not sure. Uh, I All have right. to check my character sheet. Toughness, so it's fourteen. Fourteen? All right. You each take two points of damage halved from the four as the intense cold buffets you, bypassing your armor. And then, it's the punk's turn. Frank, you're up. Well, is anybody near me? I don't suppose... Um, you, the you know cyber slasher is. She's like a foot away from you, or sprawled on the ground, slowly rising to her feet. That's a shame, because I see those, those horns on the Minotaur mask, and I think of them as Handles and I want to unscored's <laughs> head, uh, but I will um, instead. I'm going to push the cyber. What her name is? Um, I'm going to push her onto the cables. Push her onto the cables. That's ten. Yep. Plus Minus well. You're about to grab her. You yeah. feel the tips of your fingers on her body, but she's overcharged, and your vision seems to glitch, buzz. And then a second later, she's not there anymore. She's standing a foot away from you, arms folded, laughing, deftly evading your attempt to grapple her. No, that's unfortunate. Is there anything else you'd like to do, Frank? Uh, have another go and roll better. <laughs> All right, PU, what would you like to do? Alrighty. Uh, I think I'm going to come up over the top of my trash pile and unleash a hail of bullets at Cord. I reckon if we can take down Cord, his overcharge will stop. Probably a wise idea. Alrighty. Hey, Cord, check this. Uh, and he's going to release his uh, hail of bullets. Uh, that is a... 21 total to hit with auto fire yeah. go ahead roll the damage that is going to be a spicy uh eight damage uh that it rips into cord fuck you pu you piece of shit you shit eating shit loving a bullet strikes cord right in the center of his minotaur mask blood sprays out as he just hits the ground without finishing his sentence and then Frank, about a meter away from you, Zola's movement slows back to normal. She realizes she's standing right in front of perhaps the biggest person she's ever seen. Her mouth drops open and she says, oh, 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 shit, as she flexes her Wolverine claws. Um, I believe I can continue making attacks until I you don't sure hit. You sure can. Yep. Alrighty. Or up to three. Uh, I, did I know Wick back in the day? 
Wick, Rick, Wick, Hia, and Zola appear to be new additions to the crew. Oh, you new goth bastard! Check this out. This is how you shoot. I'm gonna bring down an auto fire attack on him. Oh, but that's gonna miss, unfortunately, with a two. To yeah. Totaling to five. He's just standing there looking cool, and then your bullets peel out, and he ducks really fast. Does He's doing his best impression of doing, like, in the Matrix, where, you lean, where, where, where Neo leans back and the bullet flies over him, but he barely struggles to maintain his footing, nearly stumbling backwards and falling over as he does it. <laughs> he explodes, brushing uh, another lot of his hair out of the way. <laughs> and then that, and then Charlie, what would you like to do? Can I do drop it. the crane? You sure can. Would you drop like to just... You slam your fist down on the big red button labelled release. There's a mechanical groan and the hook detaches from the shipping container. Go ahead and roll a d3 for me, Charlie. I, uh, one second. <laughs> I also don't own one of those dice. Also, hello, Eliza. It's good of you to join us. It is, yes. Welcome. Been here the whole time. I rolled a two. <laughs> a two? So. Here and Wick scream as they hear the groan of metal and the massive shipping container drops out of the sky down towards them. Go ahead and roll me a d20 for damage. Please leave Wick's head intact. I want that smart uh, link so bad. <laughs> uh, well, considering I rolled a nine, I think he's going to fucking live. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I think that was the damage roll. Holy shit! Here, the here, the nanomancer waves her hands. That her cloud of freezing nanobots suddenly withdraw, coalescing around her body like a swarm of insects, and she moves like a blur, whoosh, ducking out from underneath the shipping container. As Wick just stares up at it, slack jawed, and it drops down right on top of him. It's like that scene in The Wizard of Oz where the house gets dropped on the Wicked Witch. You can see his <laughs> arm sticking out from underneath the shipping container and his hand twitches once, twice, and then doesn't move. And then we go to Azure. So Azure, we're confronting the rival team of punks. Two of them, the leader, Cord and Wick, the gang goon, have been dispatched. This leaves Zola, the cyber slasher, who until last round was being boosted by the hacker's overcharge ability, and here, the shunned nanomancer who has spread freezing cold nanobots throughout the area. You've currently, you're currently down two HP. What would you like to do? Um. And you're hiding, you're hiding in a pile of trash with all sorts of discarded electronics in the vicinity around you. That sounds fun. I'm assuming, uh, sorry, what was the name of this third person? Uh, the third per- the- so the Cyber Slasher is called Zola and the Nanomancer is called Ia. 
Assuming one or both of them has an RCD, yeah? They both do. Everyone does. Well, I would like to exit. <laughs> Remember this was a new ability I got? Yes. Yeah, so who would you like to hex? Um, who looks like they're about to take, I don't know, some attacks from someone physical? The Cyber shortly. Slasher, she's about a foot away from Frank, squaring down. She's flexing her Wolverine claws. It looks like they're about to go at it. That sounds like a good target then. <laughs> you slide the cartridge in, glide your fingers gracefully across the keyboard, and press enter. Go ahead, make me a knowledge technology check. Have I used up any glitches yet? You have not used any glitches yet. I would like to use up a glitch. Mmm, good idea. Let me roll that, because <laughs> that was a real bad roll, and I've lost my last Although That's you did use your I'm in feet earlier in the session, so... No worries. I can't use down very much under pressure right now. You are very I much under pressure. 17. 17. Very, Ooh, very bro. nice. You see Zola... You see Zola raise her right eyebrow. Her mouth twists into a look of puzzlement as she looks around, flexing her claws, retracting them, extending them, as if trying to make sense of the barrage of sensory information that's currently flooding into her RCD. And the hex goes off on her. I'm just opening my book so I can uh, read out what hex does. Uh, there we go. Uh, hex makes the target's RCD and other cyber tech glitch upon being affected by kinetic force and shock the user. Electricity surges down her body as her wolverine blades surge with electricity. She loses control of them. They keep retracting back into her knuckles and then shooting out again, and she just screams in frustration. And then it's the enemy's turn. So I understand that oh, makes her yeah. take extra damage each time it she does. takes a physical attack? Excellent. Just in time for it to be Frank's turn. Oh, wait, no, Frank already had his turn. He tried to grab her and hurl her onto the wires. So now it's the enemy's turn. Pia steps out from behind the shipping container. You can no longer see her behind the cloud of buzzing nano-insects. Icicles glisten in the air around her and you hear her snap her finger. I'd like everyone to go ahead and make a toughness check again. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's a six. The DR will be 16 for this one, by the way. This Chill of the Void goes from 14 to 16 on the second round. Can I, 19. 19. Can I, can I go ahead and cheat? <laughs> no. <laughs> only only the hackers are allowed to cheat. I rolled a 10. Yeah. I don't know that yeah. I'm going to do any better with a reroll, so I might just leave it. And how'd you go, Frank? I got an 11. The nanobots surge forth, once again revealing Pia, revealing her m sleek mirror shades and her movie monster costume. She's dressed like... Dressed like your stereotypical Golden Age cinema vampire. Regal collar and long red cape, and she laughs, laughs as the temperature drops 
around you, freezing cold, and you each take, except for, how'd you go, Charlie? 19? Yes. You're fine. So everyone except Charlie takes four points of damage bypassing your armor from the sheer cold as the nanobots swarm around you, spraying you with liquid nitrogen. Sorry, how much? Uh, four points of damage. Not cool, dude. And then Zola, the cyber slasher, squares up towards Frank. She opens her mouth, revealing razor-sharp cyber teeth, and lets out a scream as she flails her claws in the air in front of her, charging straight towards you. Go ahead, Frank. Roll me an agility check to defend against her. Yeah, I think that's not going to work out well. Um... Oh, I'm surprised. <laughs> 19. 19. Nice. She leaps forwards, landing in front of you and takes a swipe. You grab her arm in midair, stopping her, and then as she looks up at you and swallows you, just throw her off you, sending her flying a foot away from you. She hits the ground, kicking up a cloud of dust. And then well, it's your turn, can, Frank. If I can, the place I threw her was the live wires that I put Live out. wires. No such luck this time, but now it's your turn. If you like, you can grab her and just hurl her onto the live wires. Three. Would you like to glitch? I think I used my second glitch, didn't I? I think you do. Would anyone like to donate one? I am fresh out, unfortunately. Fresh you out? You can have one of mine. Go ahead, Charlie. Go ahead, Frank. Roll again. And if I may, did the did the shipping container land on the live wires, making a larger target for Frank to hit? It sure did. That's a seventeen. She struggles and squirms as you reach down, grabbing her by the shoulders, hoisting her off the ground. Her cyber claws flail in your direction, but each time she's about to strike your face. Azure's hex seems to take control, causing the claws to retract back into her skin. Come on, f***ing things! She spits as you just carry her forwards towards the live wires, towards the shipping container that's buried in the dirt, now itself a conductor of electricity. And what do you do, Frank? Well, I just sort of drop her on it and grab a nearby mop and hold her on it. She gasps that? as, yeah, she gasps as you let go of her, dropping her down onto the live wires. You grab a bent iron pipe from a nearby pile of trash and use it to pin her down, pressing her against the live wires. Go ahead, could, Frank. Could it, could it have not been something conductive? Could it have been oh, like yeah, a pipe? Just a, yeah, we'll say a piece of wood. I forgot. Yeah, an iron pipe would not be the right thing to use. So you're pinning her down with this with this mop handle. Every time she tries to dodge the wires, squirm between them, you jab her back in the torso, back down into them. She begins to scream in pain as the electricity surges through her chrome. And I would like you to go ahead and roll D6 for me, please. N and sixes explode. And, 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 and I tell her, you, you can say uncle any time and signal that you're going to surrender and play now 
Meanwhile, she's gagging, gasping, as she's like foamy at the mouth, and she's electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, it's only a force. Four. The electricity surges through her chrome. She does not absorb any of it with her armor. Her armor being, of course, just as metallic as the shipping container that she's pressed up against. She's gritting her teeth, foam dropping from her lips as she tries to take the pain, but somehow, somehow isn't instantly struck dead. At least until the hex kicks in. She takes a single point of extra damage, and as she opens her mouth to surrender, a single surge, a single large surge shoots through her body, and her eyes just pop. And her body slumps forward, still shaking, trembling on the live wires. That leaves only here. The Nanomancer. And because she's the last one left, rather than immediately using the third stage of her Chill of the Void, I'm going to have her roll a morale check. She's the last one left. Who'd like to go ahead and roll 3d6s for me? I can go for it if no one else wants to. Go ahead. I got a 5, a 2, and a 4, totaling to 9. Which is too higher than her morale score of 7. Seeing seeing her last companion, seeing Zola's empty eye sockets, blood pouring down her face, seeing her body trembling, seeing her boss lying dead on the floor and... Wick's hand twitching from underneath the shipping container. She sticks her hands up in the air and the swarm of nanobots disperse into the sky, swallowed up in the grey smog above, never seen again. No, wait, 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 I surrender, she calls out raising both her hands and dropping to her knees. Oh, good, she surrenders. Uh, P.U. says, uh, strolling up, swinging uh, one of his uh, guns on his fingertip. Uh, He looks back to the rest of the party uh, as he approaches her and uh, tilts his head. I shrug. He looks up Frank is taking Cord's mask off. Unfortunately, he thinks it's somehow screwed on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You hear the sound of twisting bone, and Frank, when you finally lift the mask off underneath, you find the face of a very pale, very wiry-looking man with very thick glasses and a lot of acne. Um, will... I, it was just a job, says Hia, says Hia, her eyes wild, moving between all of you. We had to get, we had to get the gallbladder and get paid, and we were told that, we were told if we encountered someone with PU's description, that we should bring them in as well. TG Labs has a bounty on your head. 
Oh, you uh, work for TG. Uh, it, it wasn't personal, though, I swear. And, uh, well, I can find another job. So you just decided to murder the folk that work here. That was just a freebie. It's a job, she says. She shrugs. You, you're you mercenaries too, right? You told us your instructions were the only targets for us. Can, uh, so, can can Frank pick up something like I don't know small European car or something like that? Yeah, a little up? Volkswagen bug just burnt out lying there. He is going to take a couple of steps back. Oh, my party! Everybody knows Frank is pissed. They murdered a lot of innocent people, and she just admitted it was, that it was destruction to. There was some collateral damage, she says, shaking her head. It was it was all Cord's idea. Uh, we were supposed to be in and out, snatch the thing, get out, but but it was under lock and key. It was. Uh, what, what are you doing? I, I I swear, I swear. Yeah, uh, you, well, uh, you understand, it's nothing personal. Yeah, better luck yeah. on the next job. The next the 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 uh, the, um, the person finds themselves. Uh, on the receiving end of angry sex with a little um, European uh, car, it's it's it, gonna get fucked by it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Does anyone does anyone Consider try to stop Frank? Collateral. <laughs> As she sees the car bearing down towards her, she realizes that she's not getting out of this, and she just closes her eyes and shouts. Mommy! <laughs> The car comes yeah. down, you hear you hear her bones break, at, and then Frank steps back. There's a Volkswagen bug upside down, blood smeared on its paintwork, and he is body lined broken underneath. Hey, she's good on her cars, maybe she can be a mechanic on her next job. <laughs> next life? That one too. Hey, uh, Frank, do me a favor, bud. What? You, uh, you push this uh, shipping container over for me. I want to take a look at the guy underneath. Uh, you could just ask if I can lift it back up again. I was planning on doing it anyway. Oh, you yeah. did. Okay, how much damage does Frank take? <laughs> yeah, well. Okay, what, Frank, what's your agility? Uh, plus one. What's your agility, Charlie? Uh, plus two. Plus two. So Frank immediately makes for the shipping container, and he's about 30 centimeters from stepping right onto the live wires and electrocuting himself, when suddenly the crane groans, leads forward, and click, the hook slides into the groove on the shipping that. container <laughs> and hoists it up dragging the live wires with it and now they're just dangling from the shipping container like eldritch christmas decorations oh god i'm so sorry frank that was not i did not intend for that Shout underneath to underneath the shipping container is wick or what's left of him uh, red and brown smear on the ground with a couple shreds of his new goth fashion that have somehow withstanded the crushing death. 
The only thing that's still intact is his smart gun lying there in the mass in the middle of the fleshy mass. Oh, so all of his all of his tech is crushed and gone? Completely crushed. Fuck! That would have saved me a thousand creds. Um I guess I'll pick up his smart gun and pull out the mag and check if it has a bit of ammo left, because I'm down to four smart gun mags now. Indeed. Don't forget to roll for ammo, anyone who's who yeah. shot. So, Charlie, go ahead and roll me for the last fight a D8 to see if you it's need to reload your somewhere. shotgun. Okay. Yeah, I'll get to cord in a moment. Five. I'd like to get cord too. Five. Yeah, so you're, you don't need to replace the ammo in your shotgun, Charlie. You're fine. Um, PU, you slide the magazine out of the smart gun and yeah it's mostly full add another magazine to your total and if you want you can grab the smart gun yeah bonus might as well uh i'll also check and see if this smear has any remaining ammo i can grab i doubt it but worth a there's shot there's some like empty shell casings lying around but yeah nothing else unfortunately what kind of a fucking rookie doesn't bring more than one mag? <laughs> he probably had more. They probably got crushed. But, so, as you're peering around and Spy's cord lying on the ground, his minotaur helmet removed, his acne-flecked pale face underneath with tongue lolling out the side. Uh, he looks I, 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 I think I need to point something out. When the helmet was removed, Frank unscrewed the guy's head. His headless corpse is lying at, a, <laughs> at Azure's feet. A, a few yards away, the helmet is lying on the ground with his pale, pale acne-covered face, visible half hanging out of it, and, a, and the top part of a spinal column. You quickly pat him down, Azure, and... The main things he has are his style guard armor, still mostly intact. His mono sword, still lying in its sheath. And his cyber deck, complete with the app cartridge still in the receptacle. So where was the gold letter? <laughs> Might be back at the uh, recycling center, but grab that chip, uh, Azure. I would like to. I don't that... like, like to stand there, look down at his body, and just say, mess with the best, die like the rest. <laughs> nice. That, uh, yeah, that chip, I believe, is going to give us a, a straight plus six to our DR, uh, a minus six to our DR, so we wouldn't mind that. So, as you go to unhook the app cartridge from his cyber deck, Azure, it seems to detect that it's no longer being operated by the correct registered user. Fuck, 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 fuck! You start to whisper under your breath as the cyber deck starts to lock up, deleting all of its data, completely scrubbing its own memory. And I'll offer you a choice. He has two apps installed on this cartridge. He has Blood Snoot and he has Overcharge. You have enough time that you can grab either one of them, no roll needed, or you can attempt to get both, but if you fail, you'll miss out on each of them. Ugh. Um, 
Which two did you say was Blood Snoot? So tracks Blood down snoot. an enemy hacker and deals a d4 damage each round until they pace DR12 knowledge tests or die. Or and overcharge. Overcharge. Uh, one target Which... gets a plus d6 and all agility checks and strength tests for knowledge plus three rounds. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of liking this this new crew that I'm working with, so I might actually go for something that's a little more helpful to friends. Go over charge. Yeah. The cyber deck well, lets out. It does look fun. The cyber deck lets out a series of loud electronic beeps as you furiously bash on the keyboard, copying over overcharge from the app cartridge onto your own. Are you sure that's what you want? Yeah. 98%, 99%, complete. You wrench the app cartridge out and toss cord cyberdeck aside just as one of its components ignites and a long plume of black smoke begins to peter out from under the keyboard. Um, also, with the combat over, we regain a d4 of health, don't we? We do regain a d4 of health. Fantastic. The Hopefully I get a over. 4, because I took 4 damage during that. You did. I took 6. Mm, yes, I got a 4, hell yeah. Old. I got a 4. Nanomancers, I as is the tradition. Lovely. Oh, yeah. As is the tradition with wizards in D&D, nanomancers can be pretty tough. Yeah, also pretty squishy, especially when, you know, a car lands in them. I got three hit points back, so that brought me on seven. Very nice. You spent a few more minutes gathering up anything lootable from the rest of the crew. The Cyber Slasher... Well, she's mostly chrome, doesn't have any weapons of her own, but unlike... unlike Wick, her body's still mostly intact. So, if someone wanted to rip those wolverine claws out of her body, maybe get them installed yourself, you might be able to do so. Though, I will point out that for someone who's not a trained ripper doc, dripping cyberware out of someone's body is not a particularly easy thing to do. I mean... Hey, Frank. You reckon you could just pick up her arms and elbows for us? Save us the trouble of trying to pick out those claws. If you like, I can just put her body in the in the dumpster along with all the other loot. <laughs> it might be a little bit more difficult to move around with a full body. So, you know, just snap her arms and elbows, you know? Asha, what did you say? Did you grab another dumpster? Yeah, he's <laughs> been like, he's got like one, he's, it's like... It's sort of like a backpack. He's like got a dumpster. Like he's got a fucking wheelie bin attached to him. Yeah. I, he's I thought it was a wheelie bin. I thought it was like a, an enormous, like a big what you buy a wheelie bin. Yeah, no, he's just dragging I, it along like a kid with a kid with a little red wagon, like in an old fifties cartoon. I mean, if it's got a lid, then yeah, you're not gonna see inside. No casual passerby is gonna notice the body. And if yeah, they I, do I, open it, they're gonna notice the arms anyway. So if. Oh, buddy's probably fine. I think Frank's already done it. 
slams the lid down after dropping her in there with the gutted loader bots from before. And that leaves one last thing. Horde must have dropped it in the middle of the chaos. About ten feet away from the side of this quick scuffle, a little metal... a little cube-shaped metallic container lies discarded in the dirt. The TG Labs logo gleaming brightly on its side. Go pick it up. As you picks it up, and you slide your finger on the catch, lifting the lid open, and sure enough, the cyber gallbladder is within, secured in its receptacle, looking untouched. Brand new as if it just came off the production line. Have our gallbladder. Ooh, very nice. I, I, I'm gonna hand Azure our gallbladder. <laughs> Azure, Frank hands you the fake gallbladder he made before. This is, uh, because you weren't around, this is a. A real gallbladder, a very real one, taken from a recently deceased person, with random bits of scrap metal and plastic pipes and springs just jammed into its flesh to make it look vaguely cyber. I think I, it's probably good we've got the real one. But this is a this is a very nice gallbladder. Yeah. I, I don't think it's gonna work. It it's a prototype and I ain't never made no prototype before. So I assume it's probably not gonna work. Well a prototype is a work in progress, so it's okay if it doesn't work. And yeah, got but a uh, real one right here. Don't ask any rippers to install that one for you, Frank. So you've recovered the cyber gallbladder. The job, the hard part at least, is done. And as Charlie steps out of the crane, makes his way towards you. Two names pop up on your RCDs. Colin Greensleeves of TG Labs and Astrid Anderson of the Shortfall Collective. It's time to notify your client that you've retrieved the package. But the question is, which one? Oh shit. Well, we've got two gold bladders. Yeah, but do you really want to piss one off? And... <laughs> I mean, both of these folks really know exactly sad. what this thing looks like. And I'm not exactly interested with Astrid. He says, already hanging up her call on his RC dude. Yeah. PU just presses his finger into his temple and hangs up. But what about the rest of you? She did look dangerous. She looked dangerous and powerful. On the other hand, you'd be selling out your client, Colin Greensleeves. That probably wouldn't be a wise move for mercenaries just getting their start. Listen, the way I see it, most folks don't jimmy with folks like Astrid. We can make some good to honest on its creds, killing some folks and doing it properly, you know? We don't have to go work with no corpos and make a wage or an hourly. 
Astrid can bite me for all I care. What well, does everyone else think? If there's any ambiguity, Azure gave Frank a good long lecture weeks ago saying that he's not allowed to accept calls from anybody. Yeah, he doesn't know. The Except for them. And so, you know, it didn't have Azure's name. It didn't have PU's name. It didn't have Charlie's name. So he, he, he just, it just automatically... Frank's <laughs> Frank just folds his arms and stares blankly ahead. He's not even aware that there's anything to discuss because he's immediately hung up both calls. Hopefully Astrid is watching through the cameras because she must be you know, a little bit worried that the blips of the calls are slowly turning one off one by one from each of the party members. Yeah. I disabled as much as, as as much of her tracking as possible last session. Yeah. I don't know. She's probably not watching. She probably oh, can't well. see you right now. You did There's disable a lot of open network cameras tracking. around here though. You're not one hundred percent sure that she can't see you, but you think Azure, if if you were gonna go behind her back, either reject her offer or try to try to double cross her in some way, you probably probably have a few minutes to discuss what you wanna do. And she won't know. Charlie, what do you think? Dude, I haven't been in any of these fucking sessions. I don't even know who the fuck that is. So basically, is the woman who offered us triple the money for uh, yeah. betraying uh, Colin. She works for a mysterious hacker collective, vaguely corpo type, and she's offering a lot of money for this gallbladder and additional Otherwise, work from her dangerous. collective in the service. But... Otherwise, she might be dangerous. However, the person who gave you the job was Colin Greensleeves. And Charlie, you're not sure how you feel about, well, handing over the thing that you were supposed to give to him straight to someone else. I don't like that. It's, it's, I'd rather go to Colin. Yeah. Dishonesty spreads fast. You don't want to besmirch us, you know? Yeah. You can't see Collard smiling under his TV screen hat as he reaches up and boom, hangs up on Astrid Anderson, leaving only Azure to make the choice of whose call to answer. This is going to be dangerous. We... <sighs> I trust you. And I hang up on Astrid. Yeah. Colin, Colin Greensleeve's face fills your RCD. He looks around very nervously as if trying to make sure the coast is clear. And he says, Ah, oh, I uh, registered some uh, s -s -s some activity on, on the gallbladder. Uh, is the job yeah. done? It's done, you uh, wage-sacking sappy. It's all good. Don't stress, we got your uh, bladder piece. And I'd like uh, to set up a camera feed looking at the, the prototype. As you show it to him, as it floods into his own RCD, he nods, smiling. Yes, yes, that's just how I remember it. Uh, this is purple shades and everything. Strange, I thought it'd be a bit dirtier being in a junkyard, but 
Well, look, it looks to be in one piece. Uh, how'd you go with TG Labs? I, I, I thought they might uh, send someone of their own. I was hoping you wouldn't run into any trouble, but it looks like you've got through in one piece. I've handled pancake. Yeah, we we took care of him. TG Labs ain't got shit on PU and the crew. Okay, spread the word on that. Yes, uh, that's what I was. Well, uh, it only occurred to me after you'd already left. I didn't get a chance to warn you, but PU, uh, are you aware TG Labs has a bounty on your head? I might have heard something about possibly the big wigs open, you know, flying overhead in their fancy scientific uh, laboratory that's in orbit, you know, might know my name, which isn't great when it's in their uh, bad books. I, uh, I looked through the database, uh, pulled some favors, and it, 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 apparently about a... Uh, about a year and a half ago, you, uh, the crew, you and the crew you ran with, uh, hijacked a truckload of, uh, Super Soap. The new body wash that was set to go on the market that very day. And, uh, then you, uh, dumped it in the canal. Listen, I can't take it with any of these corpos trying to clean up the streets or fucking sell us new soaps and scents. It's bullshit, right? Dirt's good for you. It, it helps the immune system. I was doing a public service. This was over soap? It's soap, uh, cleaner, <laughs> detergents, whatever, yeah? They had some fancy fucking smells and I got rid of it. Super soap, says Greensleeve, smiling proudly. Not just soap, super soap. Contains, uh, contains nanos, you see, and they dig into your skin, and they actually hunt down the dirt particles and annihilate them. That's why I call his taxi Sudsy Malone. Yeah, so I, I couldn't, you know, justify letting those those big corporations control the world with their fancy little soap bugs. So I got rid of it. It's, it's a moral thing to do, really. Uh, TG Labs missed out on uh, being first out of the block with the Super Soap formula. By the time they were able to get more on the shelves, Alliance had already come out with a competitor. And TG Labs, well, they're looking to collect those lost sales from you, it seems. I was going to warn you that if you did run into any trouble, anyone sent by TG Labs, they probably wouldn't be willing to negotiate. But I suppose that's already been dealt with, hasn't it? Yeah, more or less. We negotiated aggressively. Hmm. Well, uh, the good news is that the cyber... And the car. Shipping container. Right. Well, I, I'll best best not to tell me the grisly details. You're the professional. Show you the all. grisly details if you like. The good news. I don't is... scare him. The dude's a fucking paper pusher. Oh, what, what's 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 choking up, Colin? Tell us. Look. Uh, wet work. Bodily harm. Things like that. Uh, well, you know. Uh, in. As we say in the corporate line of work, uh, that's not our business. The good news is that the prototype is in one piece. Uh, so, uh, as agreed upon, uh, 
I'll be waiting at Patton's surplus. We'll make the handover. I'll disperse the agreed-upon funds, and we'll call it a job well done, shall we? Yeah, see you there, Pinpusher. All right, uh, best of luck. Still have to get back here after all, but you, I'm sure you can handle yourselves. He winks and smiles nervously one more time and then ends the call. His face fades away. Frank is going to uh, point out to everybody, I promised I'd let all them folk go, so I gotta go and do that. And I'm gonna load up the dumpster and I, I'll see you guys all at home. <laughs> oh, Frank, if you find some oil, can you bring it back for me? If I can find some, sure. Anybody got anything else they're looking for? Nah, I'm good. I got everything I need around here. I'm just gonna go check out the recycling center, see if Cord left anything. <laughs> so oh, yeah, we might want. Yeah. So as Frank heads back towards the office building, and the rest of you trudge across what's left of the junkyard towards the garage. As you reach the garage, as you approach the op- half-opened roller door, somewhere far off in the distance, you hear a woman's scream as Frank knocks on the office door and then flings it open, walking in on all of the employees, half of them in the process of extricating themselves from their bonds. Frank just smiles and says, See, I told you I'd come back for you. And they all scream, terrified, in unison. Frank just reassures him, You, you don't have to applaud. I made a work. I'm... Now, I also got a job line up for you, because you guys don't want to work here no more. I, I know somebody who will look right, who will look after you. And, and, and I done killed, we, we killed the people who come in and hurt you and lock you all up. And he goes around and starts setting everybody free. <laughs> and as you cut them free one by one, it takes them a few moments to realize you're actually rescuing them. You cut a woman free and as soon as her arms are free, she just buries her face in her hands and begins to tremble her skin deathly pale. And then when you're finally done, you step back, and now that they're all free, you gesture towards the open door. Well, go on, get. Oh, I tell them they could go and get a job with the gen- with, with General uh, Pat, that he'll have work for them. And he does a lot of uh, reconditioning and uh, refurbishing of, of equipment and and and, 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 and and he he protects his employees. They exchange glances with each other, then look back at you, and then and then they stand up and as one mass they surge towards the door, screaming ah! as they run into the night. One man stays behind just long enough to linger in the doorway and bow bow his head multiple times looking in your eyes he says thank you thank you for your help and then he runs off with the others screaming into the night sorry about your friends meanwhile pu azure and charlie 
Research of the garage is... Well, in a word, disappointing. Cord and his gang seem to have repurposed it as their makeshift hideout. They already knew you were on the scene, after all, and it looks like they knew you'd eventually figure out where they were hiding. They've already taken anything of value. There's a couple more loader bots lying around the recycling center, dismantled, either deactivated through hacking or just destroyed. But everything else has been... Everything else has been reappropriated to create makeshift defenses. Question. Barricades against the doors, on the walls, etc. Go ahead, Charlie. How many robots are in there? I'd say there's another, there's another three lying around the recycling center. Hey, Frank. Um, Frank, (laughs) 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 They they end up in, they they, they end up in Frank's dumpster, don't they? Yeah. (laughs) You're going to have an army of little robots soon, aren't you? A quick search of the storage room shows nothing but a seemingly endless array of empty drink cans and bottles. The garage, disappointingly, based on the fact that it's a garage, is completely of completely empty of anything drivable. Instead, there's about two or three two or three car frames lying in various states of disrepair and half dismantled. (laughs) The server room has a single server farm thumbing, humming away an array of red and green LEDs. A quick look of it Azure tells you that you won't find anything on it that you haven't already found back in the office building. And so we zoom ahead. Um, if I may. Yep. Um, hey, uh, Chromedo. You reckon you might be able to set up, uh, you know, they're probably going to come back and use this place. Maybe you could leave a subtle pass-through of creds to the to the saviors, you know, like residuals, you know? Because this looks like they're does they're sound like a fun idea. Your home or, base, you know? Or it occurs to you, Azure, you could upload a tracker into this server so that you receive constant updates on any of the items brought to the facility, just in case there's anything that catches your eye in the future. Can I do both? You can do both, but it'll be harder. Doing one or the other will be easier. Uh, I, I I think that if it's not nailed down, isn't Frank likely to steal it? Oh, what he means yeah, to say probably. is in the future, we might get cool items that dropped off in yeah. the trash, or we could try and steal a tiny bit of creds, you know, washed through the system that this place is going to run through. Say it's lucky Frank's over in the office right now, freeing anyone. Otherwise, this server would probably be hoisted off the floor and thrown in the dumpster, and then it wouldn't be doing. It wouldn't be useful for anything. <laughs> well, Frank's under the impression that Azure and uh, Charlie need bodies of robots and old computers, and so that's why he steals everything that's not nailed down, and that's why he always takes the dumpster wherever he goes. Free up, Azure. 
I can see Frank exiting the office building now. If he sees that, he's gonna pick it up and, and, and it won't be any use to anyone. So I'm understanding the feat I'm in. Can I use that yeah. just anytime I'm not... Yeah, you're not under, under any pressure. Um, then considering that, I might see about how I go with doing both of those things. If you need Primarily... a glitch, you can have one Primarily hey, on the tracker side. But hey, you and Charlie. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Charlie and PU stand in the garage door, ready to head off Frank when he finally approaches. As you slide into the server room, unhook the cable from your cyber deck, slide it into the jack into the jack-in port, and once again, meat space collapses around you, and you find yourself in an endless white of void. Zeros and ones swirling around you like frenzying insects. Packets of data zooming back and forth. Endless data nodes gleaming above you like stars in the night sky. Go ahead and roll me a knowledge technology check. And of course, if you're using your I'm in feet, you can apply that. After all, in. 21. 21. Nice! There's some perfunctory security as you glide towards the central data nodes. Those data packets start to get... start to get... denser. The flow of information becomes faster, a little bit more overwhelming. You begin to feel sensory overload building up. And then you see a single consumer-grade intrusion countermeasure behind the mass of swirling data, manifesting as manifesting in the guise of a horned demon from an old heavy metal music video. And as it raises its hand and directs a cloud of data packets towards you, you duck whoosh as they whoosh over your head you wave your hand bringing up the glyph interface of your cyber deck select two and then rip the cord out of your neck lurching back into meat space a tracker and a siphon have been installed what percentage did you program the cipher does the siphon to steal away a very small amount not, very small not amount much it's it's not supposed to be noticed yeah it'll siphon it's... away 10% of the facility's profits twice a month enough to be written off as a as an extra copy the boss bought himself somewhere you know yeah 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 not much but it'll do and so with that we zoom ahead. That's what we call passive income, folks. Yeah. We zoom ahead. A job well done. You meet once more at the... out front of Moss Sanitation, in front of Axie, parked there in the shadow of the great concrete wall. You load Frank's dumpster 
onto the roof racks of Axie. It's not as full as last time, so he doesn't have to drag it along behind him. And traveling on foot from Mosscroft all the way back to the ports, he'd be at it all night. So, well, that's some... not a problem. That's not a problem for Frank, no. But nonetheless, the rest of the punks, with some Ooh. not so gentle coaxing, and managed finally managed to eventually get Frank into the back of Axie. Most of the things is looted in the dumpster. There on the roof, the car seemingly sagging under the weight of the whole thing. And then you're off, screaming through Mosscroft, screaming through the reek, the endlessly billowing smokestacks and factories trees and waste processing plants zooming by. Takes about an hour to clear Mosscroft. And then, as you're finally arriving, drawing close to the canal that separates Mosscroft from the ports, just as Axie is about to turn onto the access ramp and get onto one of the bridges to carry you safe, ferry you safely across the canal, I would like all of you to go ahead and roll me a perception check. And if you have, uh -oh. roll, roll me a presence check. And if you have perception, add plus two. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, I know what this means. Presence. Ooh, 13. I got a 12. I had closed off um, Albert because I, I thought we were done. <laughs> we're nearly done. We've just got one more encounter. I got a nine. A nine. I would say Frank's probably like hyper fixated on the ceiling of Axie, hearing all of his goods rattling around in the dumpster up there and entirely focused on hoping, praying that all of them make it through the journey in one piece. He would have much rather have hiked the way back on his own. Charlie, how'd you go? Uh, I said I rolled a 13. 13, yep. So the rest of you, I'd say it's a group pass. As you're about to turn onto the access ramp that leads up onto the canal, Charlie's the first one to notice, then P.U. hunched over the wheel of Axie, and then finally Azure in the back. A bright red four-door sedan slides out of an alleyway between two factory gatehouses and begins to make its way towards the same access ramp as you coming from the opposite direction. It's a big sturdy car with a grill that looks tough enough to be able to ram through anything without fear of damaging the vehicle itself and right there on the hood of the car an orange scorpion is emblazoned, taking pride of place, immediately visible. P.U. adjusts the, the rear-facing mirror, and he locks eyes with the gyro behind him. 
Ah, shit. We got company, folks. What would you like to do? Try to beat uh, them to the bridge? Get Outrun them? Or would you like to try and find another way around? See if you can lose them in this mess of industrial decay. I have a question. Go ahead. What would happen if I threw a grenade out the window? Grenade? Yeah. Oh, boom. That could work. <laughs> boom, boom. Can, can I cover it in, in PU's sticky stuff that's on him and just throw it at their car? Throw it at the car? Yeah, so can, it turns yeah, into a sticky I'll bomb? Yeah, you sure could. You willing to use one of your grenades on that? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so PU, you realise immediately what Charlie's going to do as he reaches for a hand grenade and begins vigorously rubbing it on he's the back of the an... driver's seat, coating <laughs> it in a layer an... of sticky uh, filth. He's raised an arm, exposing his underarm, is letting letting Charlie go to town, getting some sticky residue off of him. <laughs> I almost wish that we'd just let them take us. This is so much worse. <laughs> And then, knowing what Charlie would like to do, P.U., I'll give you the choice. You can allow Charlie to have his try his luck from here. You see the car, you see the Scorpion car slowly approaching from the street just ahead. And you could let Charlie hang out the window, throw it. There's a chance that it won't find its target, but the car's still far enough away that you'd be able to get a head start, scream off into the night, and they wouldn't gain a, gain on you. Or, PU, you can drive Axie a little bit closer, meet them halfway, and as the two cars are parallel, it'd be so simple for Charlie to just wind the window down and lob the grenades right at the side of their vehicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, these guys are going to... Uh, they're approaching from behind us, correct? They're approaching, so say... So you're driving towards the access bridge, and so are they, but they're driving from the opposite direction. So imagine you're on a two-lane road... Got you. ...and you're both driving slowly towards each other. In about 20 seconds, the two vehicles will be parallel. They'll be able to see you, and they'll probably recognize you. Okay. Um... PU is going to try and drive directly past uh, them uh, to try and... I know they've got a ram bar, and it's probably not a good idea to get close to them, but I don't think Charlie has a good throwing arm, unfortunately. Come on, Axie. So I think this is what we're going to do. Come on, Axie, you whisper. You, you be ready with that, you say to Charlie as you hunch over the wheel, put your foot on the pedal... The engine roars as the car begins to scream towards the Scorpion. The engine roaring to life as P.U. gives it all he's got. The tires squeal and within a few seconds you're parallel with the Scorpion car. You have just enough time to see the scorpions behind the tinted windows. The driver immediately recognizes you, points at your direction, and the other three scorpions in the vehicle fumble for their weapons, ready for vehicular combat. As Charlie winds the 
back win- is Charlie Wines the passenger side window of Axie down? Heft the, the impromptu sticky bomb in his hand and prepares to throw. Go ahead, Charlie. Make me a strength athletics check. And you may add plus two as you've you're close enough that this should be pretty hard to miss. Nineteen. Nice. They fumble to raise their guns just as Charlie, chuckling, hefts the sticky bomb out the window. It affixes immediately to the passenger side door, and as it does, the scorpions in the vehicle realize what happens. The driver grabs the wheel and begins furiously turning it, backing away. Tires squealing as the car begins to flee. Free, flee from... Flee from what, exactly? <laughs> you hear the four scorpion... You see the four scorpions' mouths drop open in unison as they scream and... The grenade explodes, sending the car up onto its side, flipping it over, sending it careening towards the edge of the access ramp, perilously close to the canal. And then P.U. floors it, slams his foot on the pedal, Axie's engine roars as it screams onto the access ramp, past the upside-down scorpion car. In the rearview mirror, you glimpse the surviving passengers, seemingly all of them except the driver, struggling to extract themselves from the burning wreckage. Just before you round a corner, merge into the steady stream of traffic on the bridge. And somewhere, somewhere behind you on the very edge of Mosscroft, you see a tiny explosion on the very periphery of your vision. Well done, Tommy Tube. Not bad at all. <laughs> Fucking worth it. Half an hour later, Axie rolls up onto the curb in front of Patton Surplus, and a few minutes after that, you're in the shop itself, surrounded once again by that eclectic collection of ancient weaponry and flags from non-existent countries, maps of military campaigns that happened hundreds of years ago. Patton's there, his tank treads carrying him gleefully across the wooden floorboards, engulfing the small shop in an earthquake as Colin Greensleeves nervously fidgets behind him. There he is, the King of Leg Day. How you doing, Pat? Back from the front, soldiers! Mission accomplished! He says, saluting. Ah, shit, Pat, I tell you, you gotta give us some jobs that actually take a bit of effort, man. I mean, shit, it was like, it was like a day off. For you in a junkyard, sure it was, but this was no lollygagging around, soldiers. You got some real work done tonight. Well, shit, Colin, I'm glad you think so. Colored green sleeves slips out from behind him. So, uh, well, you're back. Uh, you have the gallbladder? 
like to produce the fake one first. Just for fun. The fake one? You reach into the folds of your clothing and pull out Frank's abomination of medical engineering, proffering it to him. He looks down at it, and he's, he's, to your utter shock, his first instinct is to shoot out his right hands and make to grab it, but then he stops just short of wrapping his fingers around it. He frowns. That's a, that's a real gallbladder. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? It's primo merch. It's good shit now. Nah, fuck it. <laughs> that's Looks not the prototype. All right. All right. And I'll, I'll bring out the real one. We was just joshing you, office boy. You guys have jokes up there, don't you? Your head's not that far up your ass, right? Besides, now you've got a spare. Consider it friendly hazing from the privates. No harm done, says Patton, as Azure produces the real prototype. The TG Labs logo gleams in the light. A sparkle flickers in Colin Greensleeve's eyes as he reaches out with both hands and snatches it from you. He quickly pops open the lid, ensures that it's there, and then shuts it. He slides it into the briefcase he has propped open on a table next to him. Then he slams the briefcase shut. Go ahead. I would like to mention, you aren't the only one that was interested in this, and... No, I think... I should think not! TG Labs would be trying to... TG Labs would be trying to get it back! More than TG, we had some fucking corpo chickener get up and hacky shit. What'd you call her, Zor? Belligerence in this engagement, says Patton. A full report, right now! Shortfall Collective. The Shortfall Collective. Patton and Greensleeves exchange glances. Patton, when Patton looks back at you, you see something on his face you've never registered before. His jovial smile has melted away, replaced with a worried frown. Doesn't seem to register anything to Colin Greensleeves, though. He shrugs. Oh, uh, probably just a street gang. I wouldn't worry about it. She was offering triple, Colin. Triple. Well, then I have to ask, why didn't you give it to her? I mean, money talks. Money talks, but no point in making money now when you won't make any later. Fucking over a client. Isn't that right, Pat? Agreed. A good soldier follows orders, no questions asked, and trusts in his superior officer. Just the same, he turns to Colin, my recruits had the chance to, uh... Get a leg up in this mercenary business. <laughs> Funny you say that. He just glares over in PU's direction. A tread up! But they chose you. They express their loyalty as good soldiers should, and, well, as their commanding officer, you should... Reward them, yes, says Colin. How about, uh, double? Double what we agreed upon. Not quite the triple of this, uh, shortfall collective, but enough to reward you for doing the right thing and sticking by your client. 
Shit, I should be. I should try and be more honest. Shit, I don't mind double. He taps a finger to his temple. The transaction's going through now, and sure enough, the numbers pop up in the corner of your heads up display. 1,000 off your debts, plus 1,000 in your pocket, counting Ooh. down into your bank accounts. I trust that should be sufficient, says Colin. And a yeah. job well done. I must admit, I had my doubts that uh, Patton's crew could be discreet, but... Well, perhaps if uh, if I ever have any need for any more uh, wet work in the future, can I count on you to be my... Uh, Go to trouble fixers, yes. I'll pay even better next time. Shit, yeah, sign me up. As long as you're paying, uh, I'm happy to work. You've got a bone to pick with TG Labs, as I understand it, PU. And, well, I just so happen to have my eye on a couple of other prototypes that I think should hit the black market. Mm. We'll keep in touch, he says. Zord, did you have anything for him? Uh, I thought I thought Azur had something to say to him before. I think I oh, spoke yeah. over you by accident. Oh, maybe. Um, I mind blanking. As for this shortfall collective, he says, looking at Azure, I'll uh dig around, try to find something out, but. I wouldn't worry too much about it. A prototype like this, well, as soon as as soon as the news would have broken, it had been stolen. Oh, there would have been so many people after it. But I suppose they'll move on to bigger I fish. Underestimate them. They'll be dangerous, and they'll be looking. Yeah. Good thing that's not my problem, eh? <laughs> he says. We'll be in touch. Take care of yourselves, and don't spend all that cred in one place. He nods one more time, and for a moment he thinks of offering his hand, and then he takes one sidelong glance at PU and instead just straightens his jacket, nods at Patton, and steps out into the night. PU gives him a, a steel-toothed smile as he, as he walks out, keeping his eyes on him until the door closes. Shortfall well. Collective, says Patton, his eyes on the door as it shuts. I think I've heard that name, something from a prior engagement. I'll have to go through all my history books. But if you think they're gonna be trouble, I'd be happy to keep an eye out for you. Do some recon. I seem to recall them being a hacker collective or something like that. They don't fight yeah. on the front lines. They prefer guerrilla warfare. They have the resources to make things happen. That they do. Leave it with me. You done right by me today. If you'd sold that thing to the shortfall collective, well, you would have been doing a bad thing for old Patton's reputation. People count on me as a guy who can get things done and get people who can get things done. And I appreciate that. So I'll do solid by you. 
You're my men and women, and I look after my own. At ease, he says. Yeah, Mission accomplished. You say, General. Congratulate yourselves. I think it deserves a medal and some drinks. If you need me, I'll be in the back. I've got a lot of old records and prior engagements I need to re-familiarize myself with. And Frank, he looks over at Frank. You owe me a cigar, understand? Well, I reckon I do. Perhaps, uh, in your next round of gifts for the crew, you might treat your commanding officer to a box of the best stuff. Ooh. See, when I was in the army, sometimes you'd share a gift with your commanding officer like that. Built rapport between the rookies and the officers and... Well, Frank, I trust you slowly learn these things. You ain't mining rocks on some asteroid in the middle of nowhere anymore. You gotta think for yourself, but that doesn't mean you should... I got to think for myself. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. I got to think, think for myself. Think for yourself, but uh, just remember. Sometimes your commanding officer uh deserves a little bit of uh. Well, I won't say you're being disrespectful outright, Frank. Uh, not not like P.U. There. Uh, You've never, uh, never relieved your bowels in the corner of my store. That was under order, actually. Thank you. True, well, true. I, I did ask you to form up. I got and a I told gold you to get bladder. I, I, I got bowels. I got, I got a gold bladder. We'll be getting well, some Frank, next. He smiles. And as he glides towards Frank, he looks up at his hulking behemoth of a body, drains his body forward as he clasps a hand on Frank's right shoulder, smacking it as one does an old friend. Smack you got a good heart, Frank. Smack him back. And as you smack him back, if not for the fact he has tank treads for legs, you would have bowled him right over. Instead, as you smack him, he sort of lurches up onto the very tips of his treads. And then topples over backwards, his treads whirring in the air. Now look what you've... God damn it, Frank! I was imagining him just, like, tapping him once and then flying him to the wall behind him. And he's flailing his arms in the air. Would someone help me up? Okay, Patton. I will let... F I will help Frank know when his commanding officer deserves a gift. You be sure you do, and Frank... <laughs> as he struggles, as, as he grabs for the nearby counter... And slowly pulls himself up, revs his treads a few times to make sure there's no damage, and kicks some dirt and dust out from between the grooves. Brushes dust off the front of his uniform. You got a good heart, Frank. But just remember, so you know for the future, when someone offers you a cigar, when your commanding officer decides to treat you to a drink or something to smoke, 
You don't crush it. You don't destroy it. You don't eat it. You just nod politely and you say thank you. Have we reached an understanding? Well, no. You, you think I got a heart? I told you I got a gallbladder. You got nothing <laughs> like a heart. I ain't got. I ain't, but, you know, I just keep that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone just, P.U. just steps forwards, clasps his hand over Frank's mouth. Good enough, says Patton. And I mean, once shit, Patton, Patton is if you left, want... Once oh, sorry, Patton is on. left, once Patton left, because they were talking about presents, you guys see Frank wiggling his hands in the air. Just, I, I got something, I got something, I forgot, I, I, got, I gotta go get something, I gotta, I gotta go get And he's gonna run out. And he's gonna come back, and he's pushing a great big tea chest. This thing is large, and I am sure that you know what's inside the tea chest. Um, I do indeed. Is this uh, is this for Charlie by any chance? This is for Charlie. What information? Says Patton, eyeing it suspiciously. Rusty's. Rusty tilts his head, looking at it cautiously. Whimper, whimper, sniffing the air around it. And as he sniffs the air around it, Charlie, you see Rusty perk up. His tail begins to wag. Suddenly, he begins to dig. He's, he begins to scratch at the lid of the chest with his front paws. Wine, wine, very excited wine. <laughs> as he looks at you to open it. Okay, I'll open it. Unsure of what you could possibly find inside, you step forwards. Hoist Rusty away. Rusty's happy, then I'm happy. Pop open the chest. And as you pop it open, a four-legged robot, roughly the size of your hand, is inside. As it sees the lid of the chest being opened, as it senses the ambient light flooding in, it looks up at you and you see its face for the first time. It's got short pointed ears <laughs> and long wiry whiskers. It opens its mouth revealing long cylindrical needle-like teeth and says, meow. Purr, oh my purr. god! <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh my fucking god! Adorable. I pick it Adorable. up. I'm picking it up. I'm picking it up. It's yep. Oh my god! Says Patton. <gasps> we missed that. It's a kitty. Come on, you got to name the thing. Says Patton. You can't just. Can't just give him no name, he needs a name, rank, number, and designation. Okay, one sec. One second. Give me a second. Actually. Can I name it George? George. George! Prophet George! And... He looks like a little fella, so, uh... Let's say he's, uh... Prophet George of... Patton's 11th... Sapper Battalion. Welcome to... Well... Welcome to the force, little guy. And he gives a salute. 
I need to get a photo of George now. <laughs> and with that, we'll end this week's cyborg session. Oh. Hell yeah! Well done, everyone. You did it, punks. You surprised me again. You can be professional. Turns out you're good at something. You got that gallbladder, and even when you attempted with power and money, you didn't sell out your client. And in the city of Psy, where everything's dog-eat-dog, where people backstab each other on a whim, and good friends sell each other out to climb a single rung of the corporate ladder. Honesty, integrity, Ah, no one fucking knows what those things are, but you did all right. If it were just me, if it were just me, I would have sold out in an instant. And so, you guys should be proud of yourselves and celebrate with a job well done. But as you go your separate ways that night, as you give yourselves one last congratulatory hurrah, and disperse for your homes like cockroaches flooding, cockroaches scurrying away for their cracks and holes in the wall as the sun rises, floods the city, and flushes away the filth. You all receive a single message on your RCD, dropping into your inbox unannounced without fanfare. There's no recipient. It simply reads, You made your choice. Now you have to deal with the consequences.